Well, hello there and welcome back to another episode of Water of the Round Table. This week's episode is going to be hosted by your beautiful, lovely Red Rock Idol of the UK, Jenny Hayes. Jenny. <laughs> and I've come back with my Rosé Copperberg. Two for four pounds. So I've got a second bottle in the back. Ready to just yeah no kind of like matt was ready to pop open for <laughs> what's that baby <laughs> <laughs> I, might be, I, I might be mentioning him a bit later on so you know he, he always comes back he always comes up like a lingering like... fart <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what are you guys drinking or eating this week um so I'm Kelly and I've actually not got a drink right now. I need to go grab one at some point. I won't be drinking anything alcoholic again today. I'm just too darn tired. And alcohol does wake me up a little bit sometimes. It's a sugar. So I'm eating chocolate, which is also full of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> just to try and keep myself going through this episode because I'm fucking tired. So yeah. I'm at, it's Andrew and today it's not cider for a change. It is Morgan Spice with Coke. <laughs> I want the plank and a, and a bottle of rum and a yo-ho-ho. He's drinking my <laughs> usual drink of choice. Oh, my God. That does sound really, really nice, though. Spice rum and Coke is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Mm. Morgan's uh, mango and pineapple with um, apple juice. That's lush. Um, we actually recently got um, the um, Captain Morgan's Tiki in my Ooh. pub. Um, but I really like Peaky Blinders Spiced Rum. It is so good. It's got like a vanilla base, so it's really like Ooh, nice, I like, sweet. Yeah. I mean, definitely try the Tiki Morgan Kelly with apple juice. You'll love it. With apple juice, I'll try it with because we have apple tizer at my workplace. So I'll try it with apple tizer. I'm I'm gonna add that to the list. Cause oh. I'm going to London in the next few weeks, so I'm gonna add it to my drinking list. Yes. How's everything coming along for going it's, to London? I'm. I feel prepared, but I'm shitting myself at the same time because <laughs> there's always something. Because not only am I going there to perform, I also cosplaying for the first time in a long time. So I need to do a makeup test for that because I'm cosplaying as um, Bella Dimitrescu from from the new RE game. The first. And then. Am I right? Uh, Resident Evil Village, yeah. yeah. Um, and then my boyfriend Chris is going as his own like character from Cyberpunk. Which means I have to do his prosthetic makeup, and I've oh, got no God. fucking idea how to do it. So I'm like, Ooh, good luck with that. <laughs> We've got all the stuff, but I need to like test it out next week. Yeah. So hopefully it, it it goes well. But obviously, if you follow me on my Twitter and stuff, there'll be like photos and that from the event. So mm. yeah. I've got a question there, Jenny, about about the performance. Have we be performing in the cosplay or not? I'm not performing in the cosplay, okay. no, I'm just, I'm just performing in my normal, like, idle stuff, and then I'm cosplaying on okay. Sunday. I thought you were oh. going to say I'm going to cosplay in my nighty, and I was going to be like, you what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Wondering that's all, so... No, the thought of me performing in a wig just makes me want to cry, because I just want to throw it off, like, halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what Matt did with his wig. <laughs> I thought there was grey hairs peeking out from under the cap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can confirm he is going grey and he is a wrinkly foot. Uh, I've met him today in person in the flesh. Is he, he is a lot alive. more wrinkly in the yeah. flesh? 
100%. Actually, no. His skin is actually fairly smooth. I'm jealous of a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's no. not like a sphinx cat then? No, but he did oh. come in today with his gimp. <gasps> you saw yeah. the gimp? I saw the gimp. And, and we had a punch up, obviously, in my pub. I didn't, oh. I didn't come out for the better. <laughs> is that why I have to write down all them reports? Yeah. Like human trafficking. Yeah. And then we have to write, hope, probably make um, get the underworld to write some more reports up that Friday. <laughs> yes. Luckily, the carpet at my workplace is red, as are the chairs and the decor and everything. Mm. The only thing that's uh, white and everything, the blood wool stain, are like the pillars and stuff, but we can put a coat of paint over that. Oh, that's, that's fine, okay. Yeah. He, he eventually <laughs> hobbled off. But yeah, he told me he's, he's touring Skegness right now for um, um, old age pensioner homes yeah i heard skegness is quite popular with the elderly people yeah we see side views yes he's he's looking forward to finally retiring by the beach and feeding the seagulls oh yeah best idea is sincerity it would intimidate the birds apparently <laughs> but saying that as someone who used to live by the sea seagulls have, have got really high on the testosterone they're mostly little bastards now Seagulls are like the chavs of the air. They are. <laughs> so I live by the seaside as well. So I, re- I remember when my boyfriend Chris first came to visit me back where I used to live in Redcar by the sea. First thing he saw when he got off the train was, I kid you not, a seagull eating a hot dog sausage all in one go. Oh, so, it just, so it just looked like a seagull deep throating and that's his like, first impression of Redcar. <laughs> so I was like, yay, lovely. That's where I'm from. When um, when I went to Lincoln with my sister and my nephew one time, and this was like when the pandemic had first kind of started and, and I needed to go for like clothes and such, like for work shirts and such, um, we were by the um, canal and there was a sea- there were two seagulls there and one of them was just slowly inching up to the other and then just popped on top of the other one and started attacking it. Ah. Oh. And then it had a shit on it. <laughs> I've marked you as my own. Oh, God. So, it, that seagull had a bit of mat inside it. <laughs> Lovely. The beds your mat would, like, do mm. something like that because it's mat. But, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so, um, speak, speaking of it being a Jay Music podcast, has anyone been listening to anything, like, new this week? Or What's music? Yes. Hey, so what I is have... music? What is... Yes, I have. And it's requested, I know we'll be talking about it later, that's um, Everbee, yeah. their latest mm. single. Yeah. Everbee, uh, Mayo and Ida. <laughs> Woo! Um, I really enjoyed it. I know we're going to talk about it, but I really enjoyed yeah. it. It's not my go-to genre, like the dance mm. sort of thing, The dance sort of yeah. music. Yes, um, like, I do enjoy Prodigy, Pendulum, all that classics, but it's not one of my go-to, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I know it's not much. It's still music related, but it's more merch. Um, like back in June, I ordered a couple of things from Sami of Love Bites um, birthday celebration. Mm-hmm. She's doing a talk session and and a little performance um, at the end of the month, which is ticket based only. Um, like she she was doing she they did, had overseas shops. So they were shipped. One was shipped on last Monday and they arrived last Friday. Oh, that's good. So I've got a new calendar and a mask, so it's all good. 
and also more new music. I've been listening to, I actually started listening to them today, even though like I've been looking for them quite a bit. That's um, 8-Bit Brain, which Ooh. is like, a little bit like very passcode at times, but but it just goes so well. That's all I'm gonna how I'm gonna say it. Like the electronics, and then um, another two groups I've been wanted to listen to for quite some time, but I've had the chance till now. And that's um, the She Glapes, which are an all female rock, so say symphonic heavy whatever group, and also another all female group called Arc Royal, which is just a, a, and um, like I've been listening to them before recording today, so. They just, I recommend them, even though. Mm. Have you been listening to anything, Kelly? Or I have. I kind of been listening to a bit more lately, like more of a mismatch of things. I've been going through music yeah. videos. I mean, one that I've really, really liked is "Weekend Citroen" by um, Equal Love. Um, that was a new music video they brought out. It's very yellow and very pretty and very bright and summery and. It's it's just really nice watching, refreshing as a. Is that the group that's managed by Sashi Hararino? Yes. Yeah. Um, and another one I've liked is Fancy Fancy by a group called Meow Meow are debuting this year. Hmm. Um, they are the sister unit to Hokage Princess. Um, they well, I don't know if they're actually a sister unit, but they're under the same company, mm-hmm. and um. They brought out their first two music videos that's for Red Double A side called Meow, so it's self-titled, and Fancy Fancy. And Fancy Fancy is, like, the song I like better of the two. And it's got a very equal love feel to it, which is probably why I really like (laughs) it. But it's very pink. But the whole idea of the group is that they are fully pink ribbons with cat ears, um, hence the name Meow. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah it's it's really sweet it's really fun i mean again there's and, and there's another one by a group called tj and they have a song i'm trying to think of what it's called but i have been listening to it like nobody's business it's it's actually a song that i heard them sing in japan like i went to a live show wanting to go see london bloom found um this group called TJ and they were like one of the last groups to be um, performing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they end the night for most of them, to be honest. And I just fell absolutely in love with the last song that they sang because it's so upbeat, fun, energetic. And um, and it's it's the song that makes me think of my time in Japan. Um, uh, it's called I'm I Contrast. There we go. I found the name for it. So yeah, it's it's yeah. Um, TJ's "I My Contrast," and um, the group was originally called Tone Jewel, and it started off with three members. I think it started off in 2012-ish. I don't know. Tone Jewel sounds quite familiar. One of the members was an English, like she was a foreign girl. She was English. Uh, oh. I don't think she was British, but um, part of her name had Cakey in it. Right. But she, I think she was like a dancer on YouTube and such and whatnot, and she joined the group. And then they rebranded themselves to TJ, mm-hmm. and in brackets, Tone Jewel. But, um, yeah, the current two members, they've released a music card that has I My Contrast on it, updated. And it's like one of their most well-known songs, and it's so, so fun. And I absolutely adored listening to it whenever mm-hmm. I was in Japan, whenever I got to see it live. And... 
um part of their whole gimmick is that they wear these pinky rings with diamonds on them and they sing into the pinky rings oh and the pinky rings light up when they perform so oh that's cute it's so i've been listening to that Mm -hmm. fancy fancy and um weekend citron so yeah i I have broken out a bit this time yeah listening to ebby mayo (laughs) i have yeah I yeah, I enjoyed it um, a lot listening to Ebby Moore. It just it's like so instrumental and everything. It has a and, big instrumental focus, yeah, I found. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed listening to Ebby Moore, which I thought it was because you said I thought you said we were going to listen to that the single was Ebby Moore. That's, that's <laughs> not, until you said it was Ebby, I thought I was enjoying Ebby Moore. But, but, <laughs> the single itself is called Hashtag Ebby Mayo, but the group is Ever Be Mayo and I Dare, but it's shortened to Ebby Mayo. Uh, um so yeah yeah I I love them so yeah mm. um for me this week I've been listening to a, a bit of different stuff um I recently saw the the music video for Angela Moose is it Shaka Shaka Love yes oh that's you know what I have to say that's probably like the first song from Hello Project that I've really really enjoyed listening to and I really really like the music video because it, it reminded me of um Sakaichi Happy from cute you know with the different colors and it was it was it was really really nice to have something to kind of reference back to a time when I did listen to them um and I do have to say like even though I don't really listen to much Hello Project now I do have to say Angela Moose a group that I keep going back to to listen to because I think they're really really good at the minute um and then I've also been listening to Necronome Idol again because I'm performing one of their songs yeah. And I didn't realise, is there different versions of Skulls and the Stars? Um, don't know, I think so. Because, I mean, there's various recordings. Yeah, because um, I've got the the one that's on Spotify, which is quite like EDME synthy. And then there was another version that I was practising to, which is a lot heavier. Um, and I think it was when Ray was in it, I think. So I recognise her voice in it. Mm. So I've I've been listening to them different versions and I'm starting to hate the song now <laughs> because I've been listening to it so many times. I don't, sorry, I don't mind which version I listen to. It's just it's just so catchy as hell. Yeah, and then obviously I've been listening to Kelly's recommendations this week, um, which I really had a lot of fun listening to. But I'll kind of talk about that more in depth as we go into like the proper review of it. And then I've also been listening to the group Pigs which is oh, okay. for Louis' newest group after she left Bish. And mm. I was going to talk about it today because they released a new song and music video today. I think it's called Garbage, but I haven't actually listened to it yet. So I'm quite curious to be listening to new stuff from them. And, yeah, I've just been listening to a bit of everything, really. Um, n- not anything brand new. Um, in terms of news, um, the Gazette come out with a countdown and it's got everyone quite excited because apparently the countdown ends in April next year. So mm. people are either thinking it's a comeback or hopefully it's a world tour. That's so cool. Because if it's... Carry on, Jenny. Yeah, no, no, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw it too. And on that, that's, on that's got like, what you're excited. I thought, ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people have been discussing whether it's a comeback or it's a world tour. And from the symbolism that's been on there, like the red circle and the dove, they were very heavy symbols in the um, Blinding Hope music mm. video. So some people are thinking it's either going to be a new music video coming out or it's a world tour. But 
but they've never really done anything as flamboyant as a countdown for a music release before so i'm really hoping it's a world tour and if they are going on a tour i'm going to be i'm going to be there so i'm going to be very very excited for that and then i think another bit of news um Obviously, we know that the new AKB48 singles due to be released later this year. Oh, God. A, a lot of people have been talking about Kashiwagi Yuki being on the single because she's meant to have been taking yeah. a break with a spinal injury. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> the, the thing is, that single would have already been recorded and everything. The music video would have already been done. It's probably in the editing process at the minute. Yeah. So it was probably all done well before she was even... Um, yeah, I hope so. Before she even, you know, officially, yeah, before it officially releases, but it's it's just that whole thing of just like, could yeah. you please not? Because it's unfair to poor Yuki who, yeah, rest. Because when it comes to spinal injuries, like I've worked with people who've had spinal injuries, and it's either permanent for the rest of their life, or you do have to take a break for at least a couple of months. And as mm. far as I know, her operation wasn't that long ago. Um, so I'm quite surprised that she's kind of coming back. Even if the single was recorded and all that beforehand, she's been quite active on social media saying she's making a comeback very soon. Because um, mm-hmm. I know she's got stuff lined up with Wack. I don't know whether she's releasing new music with Wack or like music collaborations or something, but I'm not very happy with it because I kind of want to blame Watana Bear for that one because I know what he's like in his history of treating his idols like garbage. See, this is the issue with the idol industry in general. Like, mm. I mean, there's loads of different issues that go on with it. But, I mean, yeah. some of them are like this. I mean, with Jarena in SK48 and everything, she would never fucking rest. And that was on her yeah. own back. Apparently, like, management would beg her to rest and she would be like, no. And um, I think... I don't know. Maybe Kashiwagi Yuki's doing this off of her own back. She wants to do it all or something. Yeah. Pushing herself. And it's like people are probably turning and saying, oh, can you just rest? But I do think management are partly involved with this, to be honest, as well. Like, Maybe. Because cause Yuki is one of the most recognisable members now within AKB48. Mm. Um, She is going to be the one who who is pushed the most of all the members at the minute yeah. because... Um, because Mina Manami's gone now as the last first generation member. Yeah, she had a graduation recently, didn't she? Yeah, either mm. recently or some months of that. Yeah. No, but yeah, it's it's bad because they're going to push Kashiwagi and Kashiwagi's going to push herself as well, especially as she wants to be kind of recognised as an idol who has continued being an idol until she's 30. And whilst that is actually nothing new... For a major group, it kind of is. Yeah, because they usually have a shelf life, don't they? Mm-hmm. Because I know Tomoko from Jewish Q, she's broken the 25-year-old curse in Hello Project. She's 26 now. No. No, no. So I'm to like, be honest, oh. I think if they got rid of Tomoko even before her 25th birthday, everything that's gone on with Juice Juice now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would cause, like, a yeah. lot of mass mania from the I fans. I think she's probably done, like, an Igaki Reese and was like, I need to stay for the new members and... Yeah. I'll trust in the group before I go. So, well, if she goes, it's only Akari left as the last original member. Yeah, that's insane. It really is, isn't it? Oh. To be honest, I never expected Karen to leave like last year or no. Whatever. It, well, it's, to, it's, to be honest, I think because Karen was quite a popular member even before she was in Glue Club, she was a very popular 
um, trainee in Hello Project. Mm. And now I think she's done what she's wanted to do and she's a fantastic singer. So I think there's a lot more that she can accomplish than just being an idol. Because as far as I can see, she's done a few solo shows Mm. and they've done quite well. And, oh yeah, as well. Sashi ha- uh, Sayashi Riho's released a new song. I need to listen to it. I've yet yeah. to listen to it, and everyone is absolutely going bananas for it. Which awesome. Apparently, her voice is quite different now. Ooh, I'd be quite yeah. interested to hear that. Or it, it. You can tell it's Riho, but it also feels yeah. different. But I mean, it's yeah. been a while since she last properly sang, and also she would have had different trainers and. I, I'm sorry, I never liked Riho's voice in Modern Muslim Mate, but uh, Hello Project don't train their singers very well. No. I mean, they've done better in the past few years. I mean, Akari's become a really good singer from Juice Juice. Oh, yeah, she she was... Um, I, think she, I think she became one of my more favourite members once her voice had got a lot better. She, I've always liked Akari. She was always my favourite member from Juice Juice, but I do think that like she's got more refined, same as Eripon, unless they've done something like a change in Hello Project with Maybe, their singers, yeah. because their singers have gotten better in years gone by. Yeah. They're more refined, and like they don't all sound like they're singing from their nose, which was one of the big issues. Like They were all singing... Through their nose, it sounded sounded like they had a blocked nose, basically. Yeah. Plus, alongside that, I always felt like they always trying to they always tried to train them to belt. Yeah. So they were more like live singers rather than recorded singers. Yeah. And doing that nasally as someone who's I don't sing nasally, but I can imagine just how much damage that can be belting and then singing through your nose at the same time. Mm. Um. Because belting, you need to like really like have like an open mouth and stuff like that. No pun intended. <laughs> or like, not to get into technical terms, a singer, but I can just imagine how much damage it can have being yeah. trained in that way and being forced to sing nasally. Because you either sing nasally or you don't. Mm-hmm. And usually, when people I know sing nasally, they're trained to get get rid of that because it. Some people think of it as a poor technique. Because it can really hinder how your voice sounds. Yeah, see, I, I know that like um, some of the Hello Project acts have suffered with vocal nodes before. Yeah. And I think it's because their training wasn't that good. But also I think vocal, vocal nodes can happen anyway, can't they, really? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I'm, I wouldn't know because I'm not a singer, so... Yeah, um... yeah I wouldn't know either. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> No, I, I just thought you're adding to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm like going to vocal nodes. I remember, um, like, I remember when Bam Maid announced that um, Psyche or like have vocal nodes back in twenty about this time, twenty seventeen, and um, like they're cancelled for a month. And mm. That sounds great now. And another one, um, like I can mention um, I've, um her name is um, I mean. I remember talking about her before. Ina Fujita, um, like she had that problem too at one point. It might be less so than um, technique and more so just overusing your voice so it, it yeah. goes shot for a bit and whatnot. But obviously vocal notes, um, after you've had them worked on or something, it, they can change, can't they? Because um, mm. they can, yeah. Julie Andrews or Julie Andrews, the um lady who plays Mary Poppins and everything, um. She got vocal nodes and she stopped singing because of it. Yeah. After the surgery. And then when she did Princess Diaries 2, that was the first time 
she had sang in years. Yeah, she she was known for her voice. I think because there is a risk with having like vocal nodules removed, um, as far as I'm aware, because it 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 can either help you or it could actually add extra damage. Because mm-hmm. I know the vocal cords are quite a delicate area to work on. Mm-hmm. And I know Takahashi Ai, I mean, this was after she graduated Morning Musume, so it, it might not have been vocal stuff because she did more acting at the time. But I remember when she had her vocal nodules done, she could still sing, but you could see, a, like, you could hear the damage of it afterwards. Yeah. Like, it was very strained, and I think she kind of had to, like, retrain herself to sing again. Um, So, yeah, it can be quite a damaging thing and then I've heard of like other people who've had like vocal nodules operated on and then they've just never sang again yeah it, it is can be quite scary yeah it, yeah it is and it is sad when one of your favorite singers stops because of it yeah my part of the news um like, I'm gonna there's three lots that I, that I can actually find happy about <laughs> uh, one of them in particular uh, there's three of them um this one in particular um like as we know like back in the last two re- Couple of record, couple of episodes ago about Rina Valdius and that she left due to her depression and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, then about a week later, I've got to mention it last week, and that she found her guest vocals. Her name is Maki Oyama, and uh, uh, yeah, she's done guests. She's um like she's got her own projects as well. It's apparently still going ahead, but she um she's also appeared in a fake gear, a couple of fake gear songs from the Squad Prison album, and also mm-hmm. and also the second album seven years ago, which. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen gonna happen for the European day, so I'm just waiting on that. Um yeah. another good thing that um Mary's Blood are actually coming back with their new album and it's which is coming out in September and it's called it's a self-titled album too. And apparently going back to their hev- heavy metal roots because um like last year's album was more anime covers and um like from Reverend to um Confessions, um it they did experiment with rock and everything, so they've gone back to heavy metal. They like to go back to heavy metal roots. And the other one, which I'm quite happy about, um, SK48 member um, Yuki Arai. Arai, I think I pronounce it. Arai, yeah. Yeah, Arai. Um, like she's been, been like, she's been rest. She started wrestling. Don't, I can't remember how long ago it was. Um, it's not long anyway. I saw she's, that. Yeah, she had a fifth match and she won her first match. Yeah. yeah, I'd seen yeah. the photo from that. She looks yeah. so happy. From PW, which um also um like a fired idol Maki Ito is part of, and also um former Deadlift Elite member Raker was part of the group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it is 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 it seem to be a thing that idols are getting into wrestling now, or is it just? I don't know. I think it is. I mean, I think wrestling has kind of been a part of the idol world for a little bit. I mean, yeah. um, when Hokago Princess started out, they actually, like, aside from being in small bases and everything, because sometimes going to little festivals around Japan and whatnot, um, one of their main gigs was singing um, during the um, break times for wrestling matches or being the opening for wrestling matches and Ready to Kiss went on to do that which is why Hokago Princess have one song called Koji Kishika it was a cheer song for um, a wrestler who went by Kojiki um, so I think that they wrestlers have always got, kind of been a part of 
the idol scene or the entertainment scene at least. Yeah. But I think it's like becoming a thing now where a fair few of them are slowly getting into it, either because they have an interest in it or they started like that whole bodybuilding thing to get physically fit. And then yeah. they find that they really enjoy it. It's like, I don't know how Mackie Ito got into it. Um, Cause mm. she's formerly of Ling Q. So she's like, re- she's from a really orthodox background. <laughs> um, cause I, I, cause I didn't realize Japan had quite a, a big wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I was, I was oh, it's, it's kind of left field, but I, I mean, obviously I, I like listening to like murder podcasts and stuff and, I came across one that I won't go into too much depth because it's really dark. But um, there was an episode about Chris Benoit. He was like a wrestler. Oh, yeah, yeah. That sadly, he he ended up getting quite um. He ended up with like the the, the brain of an eighty seven year old man with dementia because oh, of just like because of the damage that he would have. Yeah. Because yeah. um, mm. he had a finisher move where he would literally like headbutt the person on the bottom. Of the ring jumping from the top turn style and there was all this stuff and I think it was like attributed because he, he ended up killing his wife and child sadly and it, it makes me angry but while but going through the first bit of the episode he did wrestle in Japan for quite a bit and there was quite a big um wrestling scene in Japan I think back in like the 80s or 90s still is now and um, it's still quite big yeah, yeah. I mean, um because I always thought of wrestling as more of an American sport yeah, because you know, I because I, I grew up like watching stuff like WWE Raw and SmackDown and like ECW and all that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah, the pro yeah, the product is called New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is the biggest in Japan, yeah. and also like of course um like AEW is the newest thing that's come out most recently that's rather in WWE, which is pretty good, and also um WWE got their UK division, which is called NXT UK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And also Japan, I've also got Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, or TJPW for short, sure, which is one I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. And also another one, Stardom, which is all, both all-female wrestling. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But so. it is quite fun to see idols go into the world of wrestling, because to be yeah. honest, idols, to be honest, can kind of adapt themselves to all sorts of different kinds of entertainment. With with wrestlers in Japan, it's kind of like how they are in America as well, in a way, because there's a fair few wrestlers or or pro wrestlers who eventually become um, TV stars or actors or something. I mean, look yeah. at Dwayne Rock Johnson for crying out loud, and how big he's gotten as um, an actor in Hollywood on the back of a career as um, a pro wrestler. I think he was a pro wrestler at least. Um, yeah, back in the good days. But, I mean, when we think back to it, remember when um, Morning Musume had TV shows and everything? They used to have Hard Gay come on. And Hard I Gay, remember him. Hard Gay was a pro wrestler who is yeah. a talento and a comedian. And obviously, like, in Japan, it's it's not just about the whole wrestling thing. It's about the costumes that they throw in with it and the gimmick they create in their character. I mean, Hard Gay, obviously... Um, <laughs> Probably not the best one because it was very, very, very stereotyped around like that kind of yeah. um, persona of a gay person, which not the best in my opinion. Mm. But then you've also got Lady Beard, who he's obviously an Australian wrestler yeah. in Japan. And his whole thing is being a big guy with long hair wearing these cute, frilly outfits. 
to kind of accentuate how he looks. Yeah. Um, and and so it it makes sense that idols would eventually go to it. To be honest, because yeah, it is entertainment at the end of the day, and there's a lot of people who will watch the wrestle, but will also watch him on TV. Or like follow them as singers and whatnot if they continue to do that if they yeah. so desire it. It's it's like I mean Maker obviously got a bit of a following with people who knew her as either an idol or a wrestler. Yeah, I and mean then, I mean I I can easily I mean I didn't think about it at first, but seeing as like more idols have kind of like mm. sort of started getting into the wrestling scene. When it comes to me, like I don't watch as much wrestling now as I used to. But a lot of it was, it wasn't just the fighting, it was like the acting of like building up storylines and like the bad guy versus the hero and all that stuff. So there isn't just the physicality of being a wrestler, there's also the the persona mm-hmm. that you have to like carry on. And um, I mean, it, it's kind of different worlds, but similar, but there have been wrestlers who have had to do storylines yeah. like, I'm just just say for example, like John Cena had to be like a bad guy to the rock, and then suddenly the next day they're caught out together going shopping. It kind of ruins the illusion and mm. they, they could get in trouble for that. So I can kind of see why idols do have to be part of like a, a kind of like similar to like the wrestling scene and how they can easily merge. Um because mm. they're both putting up a, up a persona, you know, like idols do. But yeah, it's it's quite interesting. I mean, there's one um, member of Boys and Men who I think he also kind of, like, is a bodybuilder on the side. I think that's Mm. another aspect that, like, is becoming a thing. There's various idols who are kind of going into the bodybuilding thing, which eventually gets them into wrestling or boxing or something like that. Um, But um, Tatsunori, who is the red member in Boys and Men, He's like he's very physically fit. There's a there's a few music videos where it'll show him kind of like having his shirt off or ripping off his shirt yeah. or something like that. And on TV shows, like he'll take off his shirt and stuff because it's like that's what his persona has become because he does bodybuilding as a pastime. Um, and it is interesting to see them all go down this route. It's 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 a new aspect of being an idol i think it's interesting men. though yeah it's 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 intriguing <laughs> and i mean i'm happy about it i'm not into wrestling at all or bodybuilding no. but there are many fans who are yeah it's, it's just a new way for you to bring your fans in in a way i don't think every idol's gonna no. go down this route i mean i'd be surprised if any hello project idol did <laughs> <laughs> I think the only one I can imagine is Eri Pond with her abs, but... That's very a, true. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But, but, yeah. Also, I wasn't there at the time, but do you remember this, Kelly, when it's at Hyper Japan where Delif Balut were performing and the wrestler came on stage? And... No, I wasn't there on that <laughs> so, day. Yeah, um, like, oh. Every yeah, like every convention that um, Deadlift Lolita went to, and there's always there was one show, they always get in, it's part of it, and, there was, and their performance gets interrupted by a wrestler and they always act on stage. Yeah, yeah I think that was the day I had to like go, so I couldn't be there. Mm. And oh. so it was... It's like, I mean, the Sunday one is the one I usually tend to miss the complete one of because of um, having to go home and everything because trains on a Sunday are a bit weird and annoying, um, <laughs> coming back at least for me. So whenever I did Hyper Japan Weekend, um, 
Sunday would be the day that I'd most likely miss. I'd go in for like an hour or two, but then I'd have to run off again. Uh. So, yeah. Mm. So, no, I would have missed that one. It would have been nice to see. I heard all about it, but I didn't get to see or experience any of it. Mm. Yeah, that was Saturday's show that was. Oh, was it? I might have been doing something else then, because you got to remember, there's a lot that goes on at Hyper Japan, and there's stuff I want to see and do Mm. outside of even watching Mm. the idols. It depends if the group is important to me. That's the thing as well. Yeah. And whilst I did like Deadlift Lolita, I'm not a hardcore fan of theirs. I find it hard to kind of settle in. I mean, Lady Beard, he sounds like a really nice guy. He's from like what I've seen of him on like interviews and stuff. Plus he's Australian, so he's instantly awesome anyway. Exactly. But sadly, I feel like every project he does is like kind of like finished after a year or so. But I guess he likes like changing things up all the time as an artist. But mm-hmm. yeah, but you never know. Hopefully this like new trio that he's got going on will be will be good. I hope so too. Yeah. I mean, they sound cute and fun, and that's what matters, I suppose. I I mean, I don't know. As long as he's enjoying what he does and he's passionate about it, uh, there's plenty of groups that don't last for a year or so. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm liking the uh, Baby Beers TikToks. (laughs) Oh, I've seen the one where he's just, like, jumping down the street and then it just, like, pans across to the other two girls because, like... Yeah. Jumping and stuff. Yeah. Um, the yeah. Daisy Daisy clips. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And um, what about that makeup one? Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one, no. Oh, that one. Um, it's, like, um, it's a collaboration TikTok with um it, it is an Asian woman, I can't I can't remember. Um like she's like going to the camera and you've got like Ladybug getting it. Baby getting their makeup done in the, in yeah, the end, yeah. like you got they got got all the all the members being upset. Next thing they did a TikTok of their own where they actually did it to her. Oh wow! Look <laughs> for that, so hilarious. Mm. Yeah, it is. It is quite fun how like different like groups in Japan can fall under different themes. Yeah, I think I don't know. If it's a new idol group. I, I, it randomly came up on my Facebook feed because I follow like different Japanese music groups and stuff. And I think there's a new idol group and it's it's like workplace themed. Oh, okay. I can't remember the name of it, but they released a new I think they're releasing a new song that's due to come out soon. I'll have to have a look up of it and like hopefully listen to it for the next episode. But um their song's kind of like a, an anthem to like make, let's make our company successful. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so typical oh. Japanese, because yes, you know, if I don't think of idols, I just think of like businessmen falling asleep on the train. I want to fall asleep on. A, well, I, no, I don't. Not in. I wouldn't dare. No, I'm always like wary when I'm on the train. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, to be honest. I'm, I'm wary everywhere. Yeah. So even in my own room, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. But yeah, it's. Gimmicks are like one of those things that really did draw me into idols at first. Yeah. I mean, I know one must be and all that don't really have a gimmick, but I love idols with gimmicks in general, and it's it's just fun. And to be honest, a gimmick is an easy way to kind of draw people in anyway. Mm. Like um, Crave It have 
I don't think it's really a gimmick per se. Their whole group image is based on them doing the Charleston in Charleston. a way. Charleston, the dance, yeah. I don't think I've... I might have seen it, but I don't know the but... Charleston. I don't know, like, it's it's 20s. It's, like, 1920s jazz dance. Ah. It's, it's mostly to do with, like, how your hands and feet move in a way. Right. I don't... It's... Yeah. I mean, and tap. Tap is a part of their whole thing as well. It's, like... Mm. Their music is interesting because it is it is jazz, so it, it it is quite limited in a way, but it's also really interesting and it really suits them. And yeah. I like it. It's very addicting in its own way. And yeah. I just love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. But mm. yeah, speaking of news, I'm gonna be sending an audition off for Devil Margin. <gasps> I finally fa- I finally found the audition form and I've looked at it and I'm like, do I do it? Do I not do it? And I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna go for it and see how it goes. Why not? And then go go to Japan and be yeah. Because uh... I read it and I think the first the first round is just like your email application mm. and it's basically just like information about you like what experience you've got performing um and then kind of like a personal statement of how who you are as a performer and then obviously like like body shots and stuff mm. and then there's like the second round and then the third round so fingers if, crossed but what if you became a japanese like anti-idol <laughs> that'd be i don't know and I haven't really thought about it, to be fair. Like, I mean, this yeah. is only part one of it, isn't it? So it, it'll be interesting. Oh, my God. Except <gasps> Jenny Voodoo. Except Jenny, put her in a group. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Make her an idol. <laughs> Make me an idol. No, but that'd be, that'd be quite cool if it, if it could happen. Make me an idol episode oh. title. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> I could, like, promote Walk of the Round Table in Japan. Would you be able to have time for us? I'd always have time. And plus, the upside of being... Because I had to look in, like, the little information stuff. They actually do pay for, like... um, Not the travel to get there and stuff, but, like, the pay for, like, all, like, transportation and outfits and everything. That's good. Yeah, he he has the outfits made already and everything. I think it's just, like, resizing probably a little bit or... Making a new one of sorts because I mean, yeah, mm. it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see if you made new costumes for a new generation because, I mean, Satanic Punish only really do wear I think two outfits, two core outfits. They mm. they'll basically wear either the t-shirts that you can buy, like their yeah. concert t-shirts and everything, or their main costume which they wear now. They used to have another one. Yeah. Um. Before the new members came in, before the first generation like went, um, all all like left and basically put the group on a hiatus. Mm. So yeah. Um. And then they've got their current costumes, which are great. I like it. It's got a military theme. They're awesome. Ooh, I like that. Mm. So, yeah. But I mean, I, it doesn't say whether the auditions are for a specific group. I think they're just looking for like. Mm. people to sign up for their company so it, it could be anything really so i'd be interested to see if they did make a new group so soon after bringing in dear devil yeah because dear devil is still quite new aren't they yeah i mm. mean 
as a group from Devil Margin Inc., they are very new, though the girls themselves were already like a part of the same group beforehand. Yeah. And uh, they've um, come back again, obviously. Mm. There's this new group together, minus a few other members, because I think it was a group of like five or six members. Right. Because how many members are in Dear Devil now? Three. 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 Yeah, I thought there was three. Yeah, and speaking yeah. of that, um, like, um, you know, you had that web web ser- birthday ceremony thing. It's yeah. Her own blesser, of course, Asagi got tested positive. Uh, oh, she didn't thing? do it on her. She didn't do her birthday on her own. Asagi oh. was there. It's recent things that she's done on her own. Oh, sorry. My apologies. My apologies. Um, like, see, um, like, uh, the, they actually re-uploaded it today or something. Um, a video. Um, like, and I love how they did the Devil Margin thing, which was basically Disney and just put Devil Margin style. Yeah, <laughs> they could have that was so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, my well, apologies. I really like that. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, yeah, they showed a video of birthday messages from fans, and me Aww. and Tom were on it. <laughs> oh. But I did see the ones with the mem- with the members like. Usagi and yeah. that's me. I, 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 I need to look at read, look at it. I only just saw it quickly, just a brief one. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, on no, it was it was nice. Um, the the birthday live, I watched it. I paid to watch it and everything, and it was really really great. It was really fun. Lots of amazing groups like Treble were there, and Treble are incredible. I like Treble a lot. Um, and then they had a few others who I'm trying to remember, but I've forgotten. <laughs> but Quite a few, some soloists, etc. I think for birthday lives, they kind of like the idol can choose who they want to come, and um, so it might have been a bunch of groups that Web Shiki herself likes to work with, as well as idols she likes to work with. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. It's it's nice to see how lineups can differ. It's like Usagi's birthday is in October. So she'll have her birthday live, and I do wonder who will be going to it, who will be performing at it. Because mm. it, it is quite a f- like fun to follow different um, alternative idol groups, because it's probably just still like a small little community in in Japan. But like when I see yeah. like like posters of like certain shows coming up, and it's like oh Necronom Idol performing alongside Pristine and all that stuff, and I'm like oh I wish I could go to little things like that. You do, you know. Probably so, next year for me. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I just miss going to live shows in general. Yeah, which cause... is going to be happening after the nineteenth. Yay! And, oh. and that's if COVID stays at bay. You've got to remember, if people are not going to be good, if people are not going to think and actually use their fucking heads. To be honest, people haven't that's... been using their head for the past couple of weeks because I know, like four weeks ago, when Boris Johnson was like, "Oh, we're going to open everything up," and then somebody was like, "No, we're delaying it for another four weeks." There was people I already know not wearing masks on buses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not just a specific age group, but there was like teenagers getting on the bus and just just walking on without a care in the world. But then there was also elderly people as well. And I'm thinking, yeah, you might have been vaccinated, but you could still carry it. You mm. know, so... I mean, whenever I go on the train, there's always a bunch of people who don't put their masks on. I mean, the most yeah. incident I saw was... And, and this is going to sound bad, but a lot of football fans. I'm not surprised, to be honest, because it's... And, yeah. yeah. But also, a lot of people my age are not putting masks on when they go on these trains. And, no. um, I mean, 
where I live, I have a train that goes like to Skegness and Skegness for like Nottingham and Lincolnshire. It's it's one of the um, easier beaches to get to. Mm. I don't think Ingemalls has a train station anymore, really. Mm. Um, so most people will just get the train. And I once went on the train to go see my parents in a village. Um, and the train was chock full because it was a sunny day. It was like half term. Yeah. Up and down the carriage. Parents yeah. not wearing masks. Teenagers not wearing masks. Elderly not wearing masks. Kids not wearing masks. Mm. Uh, it was bad. <laughs> it's one of them things because I'm not a parent. So a lot of people are like, I'm not a parent, so I can't say anything. But like, I don't want to generalise. But when I say mothers going on the bus with like their little toddlers, they're just letting them run around and just grabbing everything. Yeah. And I'm thinking that cat, that child could have shoved a finger up his bum <laughs> and touched the, the railing on the bus, and it just, it's just, it's, it's not good. Like, oh, I, I remember like I'd always get people coming into like my pub even before the pandemic started, complaining about how things were done in Weatherspoons, because um, there's a lot of parents who would take their kids to Weatherspoons and who would literally just not parent their kids. No. And just let their kids run around everywhere, screaming, and they'd just be sitting there drinking. And I think that's why Weatherspoon's implemented a no drinking if you're with kids thing. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. It's like oh. we have we have a function room upstairs in my building, and um, we held like Halloween and Christmas parties and Easter parties for like little kids and everything. Yeah. And the parents would basically. Uh, we used to keep our bars open up, bar open up there. Yeah. But basically, what the parents would do, they would just literally live at the bar and just let their kids do whatever. So mm. we started not using the bar up there, just had it down, open downstairs. So they had to come downstairs to go get things. But some some parents still neglect their kids and they'll just sit downstairs and drink. It's it's sad, isn't it's it? It's horrible. It is. Mm. Yeah, I think people think once they're on like public transportation or in a public setting or something that's not like outside, yeah. they think that responsibility goes out the window because yeah. the servers can look after, the bartenders can look after. Yeah, it's, it's sad. But then at the same time, I have seen like some parents who are really, really trying the hardest to like rein the kids and they're looking at you. I'm really, really sorry. Yeah, there's a lot you of people out there. As yeah. much as there are the ones who don't care. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm aware, like I'm, I'm fully vaccinated. Like I, I can go out and about now without, like, being scared of like giving it to anyone. And I still wear masks and stuff, yeah. um, because I think it's just become ingrained in my head now to just wear masks and stuff. Because I mean, as a carer, it's if you don't wear a mask, you can't work. You know. Are you guys still getting? Um, are you guys still wearing masks even after the nineteenth? I'm still uh, wearing them. I'm still wearing them for public transport and maybe some shops. Um, small All takeaways shops. if crowded, but pubs and restaurants that are controlled and people sitting. No. Mm. I'm gonna wear masks whenever I go anywhere ex- except for work. I think now because. Yeah. My workplace is actually big enough. My bar is big enough. Like, I could dance in, like, behind my bar. Um, It's that big. So, um, I have danced around it. Mm. Um, And if I feel like someone's too close to me, I can just step back and it'll be a wide enough earth of space. Mm. Like, I mean, 
my main issue with having it on at work is I do get too hot and I mean I got I sometimes get dizzy in it and the dizziness is what concerns me most yeah because dizziness isn't good for anyone I mean I was ill recently anyway and dizziness was actually one of my side effects of being ill and Mm. I had to go home and I had to have a day off work (laughs) because I was so dizzy and short of breath (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm still going to be wearing mine, obviously, on the bus, because mm. um, that's my main transport. Oh, yeah. Obviously, on the trains, if I feel it's not too crowded. Um, I'm definitely still wearing it when I go to London. Um, apparently, even, even though masks are not mandatory, I think they're still going to kind of, like, stamp down on it in London transport, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because... The thing is, with London, it's such a big city, and it's so cheap to go on the, the London Underground... A lot of people would rather just take that to get to work. So there's a lot of people, especially in rush hour. Um, I've I've travelled across London with a big massive suitcase, and it's it's hell, and it's it's really sweaty. It's enclosed. It's underground. So there's no fresh air. Um, and usually every time I've gone to London, I've always come back with like a cold or a really bad cough, mm. just because I'm probably just not used to like city air. So I'm stuff. I'm definitely still going to be wearing a mask. Um probably not wear it for my performance but I'm definitely going to be wearing it for after so I know a few people have messaged to say whether they can like come and buy merch and stuff um but again it's like sadly a lot of people who go to cons haven't got much um common sense either when it comes to masks um yeah I know a few conventions have been opening and they've been really really relaxed on having people coming in without masks on and stuff and there's been no rules put down so it's I'm kind of a bit nervous but at the same time like um I've spoken to the staff at the at the event that I'm going to and it's a much bigger venue compared to their old one so I'm a bit more um confident that everything will be okay but you know so I feel like a Karen because I did say if you're not wearing a mask if you're not wearing a mask please just be careful near me because I don't want to like carry COVID and then go to work and give it to everyone you know to be careful yeah because I mean it's it's not just me but like at the minute like I'm looking after kids who have got like very 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 like Mm -hmm. really bad health conditions and like the slightest little chest infection could literally kill them off you know yes it's not just for me it's for other people as well so yeah and you're doing what you need to do you are doing yeah your best to keep everyone safe which is what we should yeah. but a lot of people don't care about the safety of us they only care about no, no. It, but, it, it, but it, it is quite fun seeing them um, i don't know whether there's like a little underground group in south yorkshire but every time i've gone out there's a new sticker slapped on my bus stop saying you know yeah you, you know why are you letting your balls get controlled by this disease and all this oh, stuff and I, I, I can just picture this like table of like middle-aged white men just going Covid's a curse. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, that's probably because he's a middle-aged one. Yeah, because I usually take a photo of him, and it's like you know, it's that. That said, he was wearing a mask today. That's good. Oh, he showed me his shit tattoos, by the way. <laughs> are, they, are, are they a lot worse in person? The LFC one is. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually going to say the other week I'd seen somebody um, with a, an LFC tattoo on the bus, but it was in red instead of black. 
Oh God! And the trouble with red is it can fade off, so it looked yeah. it looked it looked like somebody like stenciled the LFC tattoo on him and shoved him out <laughs> in the sun for a few hours. So it looked like it was sunburned on him. <laughs> oh God! Oh, nah. Got, no, I know he's got a GFC tattooed on on it on his um, back leg back. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> what, FC. GFC, no, Jim Pepsi. Jim Pepsi, that's that no. <laughs> to be, not to be confused, Gillingham and Kent. <laughs> ah. Speaking of tattoos, I do want to. I, I have got a couple of plans of getting a tattoo. Oh. Um, I'm tempted to get like one of the Dreamcatcher logos on somewhere. Yeah, Andrew. <laughs> yes, speaking of oh, that, is like. Because uh, I know you mentioned Dreamcatcher on your face and Twitter and uh, yeah. that. Yeah. I've got. I was, I, was, I was just like thinking he was going to say something about Dreamcatcher at some point. I, oh, they're, they're more like K-pop, but they, they haven't got any Japanese releases coming out at the minute. So, mm. um, but yeah, um, I kind of slowly stopped following them. I'm just like, I mean, love their music still and everything. I'm just yeah. not as invested as I used to be, and I, sad, but it happens. I think they're going through like a music transition. I think, um, awesome. which isn't a bad thing. They're still really, really good, and I like listening to them. But I think the the kind of adopting more stuff that's more mainstream. I hate using that word because they did start off with like a more of a rock sound, and that's what brought a lot of people to them because they were different mm. from like most of the K-pop groups. But I think they've been incorporating a bit more like trendy stuff. I'm not just with the music, but how they're styled and stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what they, what they bring up next. Um, I'm excited, but at the same time, it looks a lot different to what they usually do. So I'm a bit sceptic for that. So, yeah. Yeah. But speaking of music, um, Kelly sent us a single to review. I'm awake now. It says it. <laughs> No, no, I'm just really, really tired. So tired today. I mean, it's because I went to sleep at 8 p.m. yesterday because I was so tired then, and then I woke up at like 1:30 a.m. and that screwed me. And I had a nap from about 5 a.m. till 8 a.m. And then I had to wake up for work. I just, I'm just having a screwed up sleep pattern at the minute. It's too warm. That's the thing. It's too hot. I was like that earlier. I popped to the shop to get drinks for tonight, and it. It was cool in the house, but then as soon as I stepped out, I was like a hot potato. Because I've been wearing all black today, which isn't good. Yeah, I have to wear <laughs> all black as well. See, I'm just, because I don't do well with the heat anyway, like, I suffer when the heat happens. I mean, not only do I get hay fever, but I also get prickly heat or whatever it's called. Like, I get a rash because it's so hot. Ooh. And so I'm, like, kind of, like, in hell right now because I'm just super itchy and everything from the warmth. And also, it makes me super tired. Like, it actually just... My blood level just goes down in the yeah. as well. I've got no energy. Mm. So, I'm just permanently tired at the minute. Yeah. I mean, the winter does it to me as well. So, I just think I'm tired all the time. Bless you. I do so, well as a Snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is, what is the group that we are reviewing today with their new single? Because I think cool. I think you know about them a lot more than me because this is the yes. first time I've ever listened to them. <laughs> so the floor's all yours, Kelly Boo. So we were listening to Ever Be Mayo when I dare. They are also known as Ebby Mayo, which um 
so Ebi Mayo is like, you know, Ebi, shrimp, and then Mayo, mayonnaise. Um, that's what they've shortened <laughs> their name to. And their first single is called Hashtag Ebi Mayo, and it is their first ever release. They debuted last year after they transformed from their former group, Angeminion, where they were mm. classed as angels, and the remaining two members transformed into um, a shrimp and a mayonnaise, basically. And they became Ebi Mayo or Everbe mm. Mayo and Ida. Um, their whole sound is based on kind of being techno pop, mm. uh, more so Chinese techno pop, but only two songs really contain that kind of sound. Yeah. Um, however, their other songs have that techno pop sound along with like sparkling idol kind of tunes. Yeah. And I have been obsessed with that single since it came out. It is so catchy and fun. Mm. I mean, I know it too well. <laughs> I know it all too well. What are your guys' thoughts on it? Um, yeah, um, like I mentioned at the beginning, like, for, like what I'll be listening to. Um, like I gave, I, I did, I did all the songs like in the space of t- yesterday and today. Um, mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed like with the techno and like sort of is some like what I call Nintendo bits. If I'm right, yeah, it's it's very eight bit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Very- I don't mind a lot of 8-bit now and then but like I said it's not one of my go-to genres because no. I'm like I will listen to it but I don't listen to it as very often like say for example progressive metal I love mm-hmm. I like that sort of music but at the same time I don't go to it just yeah. that sort of thing but I, it, I really enjoyed it just like the whole combination just worked so really well <laughs> but like I said it's not one of my go-to but I enjoyed it see I mean with that kind of music that Ebi Mayo do, it's one I actually also don't go to a lot, like the 8-bit kind of techno pop sound. However, it's a sound I actually really, really love. And yeah. it's a sound that I kind of wish I did listen to more because I used to really like Koto's music and also Perfume is one. Um, there's plenty. Like um, I think I really like Seiyata's music. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Seiraki 13. No, Seiraki... 13 yeah i'm not saying it right because i'm not pronouncing um i'm not saying it in japanese of a number but um it, it's music that i do actually really really like and would go towards more if it wasn't for the fact that i just kind of involved myself in so much fucking j-pop <laughs> yeah, yeah generally... i mean i see when i when i first listened to it like the vocal styling it kind of reminded me of vocaloid a little bit mm-hmm. and when I first like started listening to J-pop and stuff, a lot of it I did listen to like through YouTube and stuff, and then that's how I came onto the Odetta Meter scene, which was like J-pop dancers and stuff. And a mm. lot of people did dance to a lot of like Vocaloid stuff. Um, I think there's still a few dancers I remember from back in the day, mm. back in like 2010 time. So I did listen to a bit of Vocaloid through then. Um, but it's not a vocal style that I always listen to because there's like there's a few friends of mine that really really love Vocaloid and things like Miko Expo and things like that. They they they'd fucking cut their head off for. <laughs> and when it comes to Vocaloid, like I can see the appeal, but for me as a person who listens to music, um, I said to Chris the other day, I said I don't understand people who like Vocaloid because they sound like a like a fucked up modem. <laughs> but like so that kind of vocaloid sound it can be really overdone sometimes and there's like so many songs out there that use this like vocaloid vocal sound that it can 
be kind of hard to adopt it into different music genres but I think with this single I really really enjoyed it um I listened to the first song and I heard the like the the digital sound of the voice and I thought oh I don't think I'm gonna like this but then I got onto Perverse Lover and I loved that song even more because the because the title was like what's this about I don't know what this is yeah. about and it's re- it's a really really good song and um just like seeing how how the girls looked because I mean I listened to it on Spotify and like the little like picture and stuff mm. it did look like it, I thought oh this looks fun and so yeah I really really enjoyed it um I wouldn't know if it was a group that I'd follow all the time but there might be a group that I might pop back to every now and again um yeah, you have come but yeah I, yeah but as I said I do really really enjoy it um but as I say, I'm someone who listens to all sorts of different genres. Mm. I mean, at the minute, I listen to more to alternative idols, but I might go through a phase where I'm listening to to them a lot more and go back to my yeah. Vocaloid roots. And then I might go through a Hello Project phase and I might go through an AKB48 phase. And then, you know, but but that's just me as someone who listens to all sorts of different types of music. So mm. it was a good impression. I mean, I went into it thinking I'm not going to enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm and I'm gonna make Kelly bang her head into a wall. But no, I I to be honest, it was it was a really really good single. Um, I mean, is this their first release or? Yeah, this is their first yeah. release. I think for a first release, the amount of songs on it, which is there's eight tracks and only two of yeah. so it's actually an EP. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's actually a good release to have. So the first track is obviously hashtag Abby Mayo, and then yeah. you've got another one. You've also got Yami Ranian, which I really love Yami Ranian, Yami Ranian, because it um, reminds me of like a lullaby or a nursery rhyme in a way, because it's got all those like different um, sound effects, like dogs barking and birds tweet, tweeting and whatnot. And it's very soft. And um, what you said about Vocaloid, that's actually true. I don't like Vocaloid really though, or I never used to, and I don't mm. really listen to it now. Sometimes I do, but I never got into Vocaloid. I never liked it. I think the difference here is that they, because they are actually girls who are singing, like they're not a machine. They put in a lot yeah. of vocal inflections, which is one of the key points of their singing style. I think that like they yeah. have a lot of vocal inflections and they um, do a lot of kind of like, different sounds like sighing and putting a lot of personality into it all the while singing in a very soft kind of like talk whisper kind of style yeah I noticed that which I really liked because mm. um I don't know I just found it really enchanting as a whole release the last song is actually a collaboration track that they did with like Udon No or Udon Brain who is Kagawa Prefecture's mascot oh um, He's he's like a noodle brain. Um, <laughs> and basically, they wrote the lyrics for it. Somebody gave the instrumental. They created the lyrics for it. And then, because um, both members are kind of in charge of something. Irie is in charge of lyrics. And Ioba mm-hmm. um, is in charge of choreography. But in in the um, thing, if you got... If you got a first press release, you could get a trading card, and some of the trading cards would be in like the little Udon No image. Oh. Um, and I got an Udon No Irie, so that was fun. 
But yeah, and, and when you take the CD out on the back cover of the CD cases, all three, there's Udon Nova and there's Ivy and Ioba all in Udon No form. So mm. it's it's really cute. It's really fun. That's good. And it's it's nice that they could do that and have this collaboration. And I think they've done like some different radio shows and whatnot and performances and Udon knows come to one recently, which is really cool. So That's quite good promotion for them on the get go. I mean, because I mean, I'd, I'd seen the single on my Spotify and I was like, how many tracks? This isn't a single, but at least it's a nice um, introduction to people to listen to them because it is. Usually, when a new group comes out with music, it's just like one song, and I'm like, uh, is this is this song going to carry me over for the next three months or however long till their next release? Yeah. You know, so it's and also Perverse Love is also my favorite as well, Jenny. So, yeah, I mean that's also like their like their performance song it's the song they're known for at the minute yeah um i mean the energy of it you can kind of hear that it's a performance song really it's yeah they're going to Mm. like sing and dance a lot too i mean i used to be in london blue which is why i follow ebby mayo Mm. um and um i followed andrew mignon as well and Whilst it might not be my favourite group and one I kind of flip-flop back and forth with, I will always listen to their music because um, I support them at the end of the day. And, you know, I liked Ivy in London Blue and in Angeminion, and I still talk to the fans. And, you know, one of the fans commented about Prefer the Lover when I was talking about it, I think, on Twitter or something, or I commented back on one of their tweets, and they said, yeah, Prefer the Lover is a really good song. Like it's always high energy performances. Like, and I look yeah. forward to meeting you again one day and having you cheer next to us again. And it's oh, really- that's cute. Yeah, I yeah. miss Japanese. I miss all seeing all kinds of fans. I can't wait for performances to go back mm. into swing of things. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like this. Uh, like going to a uh, um, subject of them. Like, it say it's a single, but they got like say six or seven, which is more of an EP. Because I'm like, I've, like I've been listening like said um, eight bit brain. I'm like. There, um, there's a couple of what they call sing- their singles, and they had like, say, lots of other six or seven tracks. And I thought that's more of an EP at the same time. Mm, yeah. Like, like one of them was Out of Order, which came out last year, and then you got their most recent single called Black Sabbath. Ooh. Yeah. And um, like, there's loads of like other songs on it, like their B sides, which is just looks more like a very much like an EP, but they have mm. no instrumental, same track instrumental as most singles have. Yeah, you have you have like one or two songs. They have the same two songs by an instrumental. If you mm. notice, yeah, done in the past. Yeah, mm. they don't have any, have any instrumentals. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's quite more like a mini album then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it's more like a mini album, but um, like so it's like it's as it's called eight bit brain. They do have like the eight bit electronics, and they have like the screeching vocals, like you have with passcode. That sort uh, of thing. Yeah. Within yeah, because yeah, it, when it comes to like vocaloidy, like techno sounding, like vocals or music, I always think it's something that's a bit more of a niche. Like, I can't imagine an artist doing it as a full blown genre of their music. Mm. So, I feel like there's only like so much you can do with it. Um, yeah, it's it's not really like a, a very flexible one, is it? No. I mean, vocaloid has done really, really well to go as far as it did, and I know. Mayu, Watanabe Mayu, you, she did uh, like one single where it was kind of like Vocaloid ish, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Is it Watanabe Mayu? Mayu? Uh, the one from AKB. Yeah, yeah, I remember now, yeah. Yeah, she did I like that, that. Um, whole kind of like song that was like very Vocaloid-esque. She was like a cyborg idol thing, wasn't she? And it worked job. really well. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to see her do it for all of her like... No, but to be years. honest, no offence to Mayu, but I think it was just to give her a solo single and to also hide her awful singing. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't the strongest. I mean, she had, like, before that, she had Synchro Tokimeki. Yeah. Um, which I loved. I loved Synchro Tokimeki. I will sometimes go back to it because mm. I, I love the music video. I loved um, the song itself, but she really is not the strongest singer, and I do agree. No. But I think because the Vocaloid hype was big at that point, I think it was also, like, yeah. she was on board the hype. But also... The way she looks, she looks like a cyborg. She's yeah, got she has eyes. <laughs> yeah. So I think it worked really well in her favour in that sense. And also she was really popular at the time as well. I mean, she's still popular. Obviously, she's not in the entertainment eye at the minute. And I don't yeah. know if she'll ever come back. Because mm. she took time off and she's just not come back or has felt no desire to. And I know people miss her. But... You know, for the time being that she did bring stuff out, she was popular, she was well-received. But, yes, she couldn't sing. Not very well. Mixi Shige Sayumi had the same kind of thing, didn't she? Yeah. And she did, like, solo songs. That was, like, yes. a prominent feature. I mean... But I think I think when it comes to Sayumi, she's got that charm to perform on stage. Like, I always enjoyed... Like, she... She didn't have a good voice. And even she knew she didn't have a good voice. Mm. Um, but whenever I've watched her perform like solo stuff, I've always been quite entertained to like watch her perform. Sayu's got charisma, is the thing. Yeah, and Sayu has always had charisma. But the thing is, Sayu went into Morning Musume knowing she was not a singer, knowing that her charm point was actually how cute she was. Yeah. That was always it from the get go. And obviously, as time went on, she developed a very kind of poison-tongued way of thinking. Like, she became very quick-witted, or she was always quick-witted, but she, yeah. she kind of used that to her advantage in the end. It's mm. kind of like Momoko in Berry's Kobo. When Berry's Kobo weren't really that well-known or well-received or whatever, Momoko brought out Momochi. And yeah, the most annoying fucking thing on the planet, but it oh. worked. I fucking hated it. Everyone's like, I love Momoko. And then she did that Yurashita Nyan song. And I wanted to burn it with a fucking Bunsen burner. Me too. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it with yeah. such a passion. But Momoko herself is an idol in general. Yeah. But because of how popular Momuchi was, not just as kind of like someone to take the piss out of on live TV or anything like that, but also with kids... Um, Momoko had to continue that character into Berry's Kobo because yeah. it became her identity for a while because Berry's Kobo needed that push. Yeah. Because no, like, I mean, Bono was still a thing, don't get me wrong, but Bono was kind of an entirely different entity. Yeah. And I don't think Momoko could bring Momochi into that. Berry's Kobo was a little bit more flexible in bringing out that kind of in being able to bring in Momochi as a whole thing. I mean, it is interesting how characters develop within idols and how sometimes it actually does filter into the group. Um, 
I mean, Sayumi was able to have her Tarento side completely different to her Morning Musume side. I yeah. mean, when you think about it, how people talked about her on TV versus how she was with Morning Musume members. Morning Musume members were like, she's so kind, she's so caring, we love her. She always yeah. wants to hug and kiss us and kind of thing. And then she would be on a TV show and they'd be like, she's poison tongue, she's cute, she's vain, blah, blah, blah. She'd sit there going, I want to kill Kasumi Kahara she's a bitch. No, <laughs> no, no. I love no. my bitch, Kaharu. No, it's, it's just that there's always that conversation stuck in my head and when she was um, mm. when she was tasked to kind of mentor Kahari when she first became a member, she was like, I want to pluck my fucking eyebrows out. <laughs> she plucked her eyelashes out for sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. Kaharu fucked with her mental health a lot because Kaharu was stupid. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I remember. I remember watching her like there was like a special about her auditioning and becoming a member, and her having a singing lesson. And I'm sat there thinking, this isn't a really good vocal lesson right now. She doesn't know what she's doing. No, because <laughs> her timing and everything was like mm. really. But yeah, but then again, I think Kasumi Kara was another idol who didn't really have the vocal. No, that was her anything, but there was something about her that brought people on because she did. Um, was it Karari Revolution? Yeah, and I, th- I mean, I used, I used to like keep track of like single sales and stuff, and as like a soloist kind of side project for a Monomizume member, she sold yeah. quite well. She was very successful. I mean, Kahari, I was talking to my sister about this actually. Kahari was so successful. She is certainly she essentially got two graduations. She got a graduation from Karan Revolution. There was a fucking graduation concert for that. I didn't know that. Yeah, Karan Revolution had a final live. So there, it oh. was essentially a graduation of Karan Revolution. Mm. And then Kahari obviously got her graduation from Morning Musume like some years later. Yeah. Um, probably a year or so later I don't know but Kaharu was one of the more successful soloists within Hello Project at the time and obviously it was for an anime so it was more so geared towards children but with Kaharu in general it's like I can understand why people didn't care for her and why they thought why her when there's so many other idols who could come into the group um girls who are better um at singing and dancing but it's like I kind of get what Sunku saw in general, though. Kaharu shines in a very unique way, in a way. Yeah. Like Kaharu I mean, that's the shine. I mean, that's the thing. Like when it comes to Sunku picking out members of Morning Musume, he never necessarily picked the most talented member at the time. He never picked he the obvious looked- choice. No, he always thought of, oh, there's this girl who's singing and dancing in front of me. She sounds like shite, but I think there's potential for her to grow. And I think that was his yeah. selling point of who to pick as an idol because there's yeah. been plenty of like members who've like joined idol groups under Hello Project and have sounded awful as trainees. Mm. But then debut sorry, pardon me, I'm burping. But then yeah. they've like debuted into groups and after a few years they've really come into their own. So I'm, I mean I mean, not all of them, but Yeah. I agree. I mean, Kaharu, if you want, definitely a gamble. I mean, she was seen as the miracle because obviously there was a seventh generation that didn't bring anyone about. Yeah. So he did a second one and he said, this is going to be the miracle. And Kaharu was the one who came out of it 
and she um you know country girl who didn't really have much going on about her it seemed but yeah she did shine I mean she's very charismatic and However much she says she hated being an idol, she was very good at putting on a smile and pretending. Yeah. That girl, even if she can't necessarily probably act in front of TV or whatever, on TV or whatever, she can definitely act on stage and make you like her. It's like, that's powerful. That's a performer. Yeah. Um, I mean... When Mitsui Aika became an 8th generation member of Bona Musume, like Sunku said, he saw that she didn't give it her all in audition, so he wanted to see her give 110%, which is why he wanted her in. And, oh. okay, Aika never, ever got to really be a front member. She never really became a prominent no. member. The thing is, I think what Mitsui really did well in was actually tutoring the younger generations when they eventually came in. Like yeah. when she was older and had more experience, Mitsui was a badass. She Oh yeah, I always liked her. She whipped Nike and Tenki into shape. And I actually think she would have been an incredible leader if given the chance. But yeah. her, her foot fucked her up. Her feet fucked her up. Yeah, that was and she couldn't continue on. Mm-hmm. And I feel for her. Because yeah. she did love Morning Musume with all her heart. And she loved yeah. her fans with all her heart. And she knew she wasn't popular either. But mm. she still did what she adored. Yeah. And she still worked at it. And I am sad that she did not get a great graduation. I mean, she had to pretty much be tacked onto Gaki's. Yeah, that was... I mean, I felt bad for Aika, but at the same time, I felt bad for Gaki as well. Because she was like... Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the fifth generation of Morning Musume is always going to be my favourite generation. Because obviously, mm-hmm. my all-time favourite member was Takahashi Ai and... Well, yeah. my favorite member is Ari Pond, really. From no, I, I kid you not. I've got like two photo albums just full of Takiti photo cards. Takiti. <laughs> it's like the only reason I joined Idol Swap. Um, but no, like, like when I think about Aika, um, I think I read somewhere that the like when she auditioned for Morning Musume, Kashiwagi Yuki also auditioned. Uh, Sato oh. Sumaya also auditioned. Ah, I thought I don't really know her very well. Minagishi Minami also auditioned at one point, but I don't know when. Yeah. Um, Sato Sumaya was like in AKB, and she's had a baby recently, I think, or she's pregnant. Mm. But um, she she wasn't really a prominent member but she was one of the kind of like members that was always in like b-sides and everything at least yeah. like she did decently as an akb member but yeah she um she was really into idols and everything and she was part of and she was one of the finalists actually of Ooh. eighth generation but she didn't make it obviously that was mitsui aika yeah um and then eventually jun and Lin Lin. yeah because I was thinking about it earlier, because I was I was going to bring up Kashiwagi Yuki with a spine injury and everything. And I was thinking, what, what, how would Mona Musume have been if she'd actually become an eighth cause, generation instead of Aika? Because apparently, like, somebody did an interview with Sun Corson and said, oh, Kashiwagi Yuki, who's an AKB48 audition, and he was like, really? And he looked at oh. picture and was like, I can't remember her. Ah, she right. must have not been that impressive, and I laughed so much. But then again, like as much as I like AKB48, some of the girls that joined the group are so 
plane that they fit the very mainstream idol look that AKB go for. Yeah. Whereas Morning Musume kind of choose girls with more spunk. The thing is, right, you know. I think the issue of AKB is kind of like that cut. The issue you have with companies or jobs or whatever is that you are replaceable. You are easy mm. to replace. And AKB is yeah. kind of like that definition because of how many girls there are. Like, you are replaceable. The minute you go, someone else is going to take your place. Yeah. But I think that could be AKB's downfall as well because like they, they change members so often. Actually, you know what? With the recent thing that happened with them being on the TV show every morning, must mean. Uh, Mina Gishiminami was on a radio show with I think two other members of AKB, and she mentioned that um, with Morning Musume, they've had different eras where they have been able to adapt as idols. They have been able to change their image of music, and that's why they've been able to go on for yeah, so long yeah. and have different eras and different like these things go on and these changes and everything and different types of music and sounds. Whereas AKB um, have always just stuck to the same thing that they're yeah. known for. Yeah, and she yeah. said. And she mentioned that the current members of AKB probably feel intimidated by current modern Musume because current modern Musume, even though they have the same kind of, well, a bigger history than AKB do, they have continued to maintain a history because they've been able to adapt and everything. And, and Miyagishi has said that AKB is currently going to be going through that. They're going to go through their kind of own platinum era, if possible. Yeah. Because that's big changes in the company. Mm. And... um. AKB, yes, they've had a very static sound for the past 10 years. It's, yeah. It's mostly their music videos that have changed. Um, not even that, actually. They've always had good music videos, so... But it the, the issue with AKB is that they have more so relied on the image of their front members rather than anything else. And whilst Morning Musume do have that issue as well, Morning Musume's members have adapted to the point where now all of them are good singers... And yeah. all of the good dancers and they all come together as a team and they can perform both old and new songs very well oh yeah and i am sorry andrew we have went on for a while <laughs> that's all right that's all right me and, me and Jenny just need a Hello Project episode all that. Yeah, I know. We can see get it out of the way and then we can yeah, just go an episode without people going, oh, you've Hello Podcast. <laughs> hello Podcast. I remember that name from what Matt said from the first episode, Hello Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there was also another thing that I wanted to talk about and it, it, it could feature on a special episode that we have in the, pipe work, like in the pipeline. I won't go into depth with it, but... Uh, it's kind of gimps. you know when it, you know when it comes to like online stuff, gimps. <laughs> <laughs> you know when it you know when it like comes because obviously with the pandemic and everything, a lot of groups did a lot of online stuff. Yeah. And as someone who's performed and done, kind of, I've kind of not like full experience firsthand, but I know what it's like when when you organise a concert or anything there's a lot of stuff that you have to take into consideration with budgeting and stuff like okay we need to take this much money out for the location we need to take this much money out to hire staff so when it comes to like japanese groups and that doing online concerts what do you think about them charging the same for what you would pay to actually see them in person because because i know recently baby metal did their um like last Budokan show online. Yes, yeah. And 
I don't. Was it about the same price as what a normal ticket would be for a baby metal show? Was it a bit cheaper? Uh, I don't know because I was with um, Beyond Senpai Amanda. Right. When, when I went over, and um, like, I can't remember how much she said how much it was because I know doing a non I know baby metal doing an encore version later this month. Yeah, but so, I think, well, but I think that I think that's at a cheaper price though. Yeah. So it, I think it's the same show, but I think the only difference is like camera angles or something. So a lot of people were really unhappy because I think Amanda said about how it's the same show, but you're paying a cheaper price. Mm-hmm. So she felt a bit ripped off. So I was just kind of wondering what your guys thoughts were on that kind of uh, I don't thing. Mean, I really don't know how much it costs. So mm-hmm. I mean, like, like just say, for example, um, I mean, I might be wrong in figures, but just say you went to go see someone like um, Satanic Punish in London and the tickets were like £30, but then you paid the same... I don't don't know, there's a lot lot of different variables in it, but... It it is very difficult to gauge that kind of thing. I mean, for a bigger group, maybe it is going to be a little bit more expensive. I don't know, but you're not getting Mm. that same experience as the thing. I mean, there have been a few cheeky idol groups that have essentially given the same price of what as what they would go in into a general venue. But when you go to these venues in Japan, you're also paying a drink fee on top. Um, okay, I didn't know that. It's, yeah, usually they'll be just like, oh, it's um one thousand, two thousand, or three thousand yen a ticket. It depends on the venue, and it also depends on what type of live it is. If it's just like a little live where you're like just wanting to see one or two groups or something, yeah. Um, it can be about 1,500 yen with a 500 or 1,000 yen drink fee on top. And the drink fee will usually be one drinks token or if it's 1,000 yen, two drinks tokens. Um, so to make sure that like the bar is getting money at least, I think, Yeah. as well. Whilst, because um, the 1,000 yen that you pay goes towards the group. You tell them which group you want to see they'll tick it off and that's where the 1,000 yen goes and that kind of oh. goes towards paying the venue, I think, as well. Yeah. As well as paying the group a little bit. Yeah. And obviously you get, like, checking and everything, which is more towards paying for the group. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if they started issuing the 500 yen j- drink fee on top whilst I'm, like, at my home playing it on the laptop... Yeah. I'd be pissed. Yeah. I'm, I've I got mean, my I can understand that. that. It's but, just if, if I was going to a concert and they usually charge, like, I don't know, say, like, £40 for a concert ticket, depending on what kind of venue and how long the show is and stuff, and then they charge the same for an online viewing of a concert, I'd kind of want it to be a bit cheaper, if that makes sense, because you're not going out to see them, you're still watching them from the comfort of your own home. Mm. So it's... Because I know with the like the recent baby metal thing, a lot of fans got pissed of, oh, yeah. I've I've paid so much for this one show, and then they're kind of like replaying the same show but in different angles. But it, I don't think a change of angles de- necessarily. They should... might as well. That's a difficult one because yeah. they will extort as much money out of you as they can anyway. Like the company, at least, the music mm. will do their best yeah. to extort as much fucking money out of you as possible. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't want to use Big Metal as a prime example because I, I know there's like other 
things with them yeah. and their company with like a lot of other different things of how they make money and stuff but it's it's just interesting because seeing a group perform in person is a lot different to watching them yes exactly on a, on a live like on a on an online stream because i mean i've never seen necronom idol perform live sadly because mm. they fucking hate me <laughs> but i have seen them perform like online stuff like their idol con performance and I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was, but at the same time, I would have enjoyed the experience a lot more if it was in person. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's how I personally see it is like this: they most of the time they have to be in a venue anyway when they're doing these performances. Therefore, they have to pay that venue regardless yeah. of whether they're doing a live stream or doing a live performance, and whatever money they get from the live stream or the live stream viewers or the people yeah. who are actually viewing it in person, that money is going to be going towards the venue regardless. Like they, they have yeah. to pay for it or whatever. And um, so I see it like that, but if it's something like something that's been pre-recorded from an existing live that people have already paid yeah. for to only chop off a certain percentage like say 10 or 20 percent that's fucking cheeky and it should not be done and amused should be nah. fucking ashamed of themselves i doubt they are because we know they're money hungry mm. cunts i mean to, i mean to be honest when 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 they had like the first show come out obviously it was online so i was guessing it was like an unlimited amount of people could pay to watch it um but then with the second one I felt a bit like I felt really bad for people having to because I, I don't know how much the first concert actually was but then for people to be able to pay a cheaper price to watch it I yeah, can imagine why people would feel cheated out of it but if it was a case of you're paying like I, I mean I don't know how much the concert actually was but just say you paid £30 for the show mm. and then it was to be released on a DVD at a cheaper price later on down the line then I can understand I mean things are going to be released on DVD maybe yeah. eventually down the line I yeah. don't know it's like well, a, I mean I, having I it pay, on DVD yeah. is a lot different than paying for the same thing cheaper yeah. if that makes sense see yeah. I I paid for Micah's birthday live to watch her birthday live when she was still in Hopri that was 2000 yen that's a lot of money for a live show, but it was a long live show. So how I'm much is two thousand yen roughly in British pounds? pounds, maybe seventeen, eighteen. I don't know, or twenty. Yeah. Um, kind of depends on the currency on the day, really, because obviously mm. currency flip flops yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, and between different countries Cause, cause, and the value. I, I know you went to Japan. Was it last year? And you saw quite a lot of um, idol shows yeah were, were they all like the same kind of price or were they different depending there, on what kind of event groups they were different depending on the type of event and groups um one of the events that i went to which was one of the bigger ones which was in akasaka um mm. at the akasaka blitz i believe it was um i believe that one's closed down let me take a look um yeah, but i think it closed down last year down. um yeah it was akasaka Blitz and um, that one was about three thousand yen, so that'd be like twenty or two thousand five hundred something. Yeah, yeah, I had to pay an extra bit on top for the drink. Obviously, it's it's kind of like that's a given. You have to. Yeah. It's, 
it's not like a choice you yeah. have to pay that amount but that one had like a lot of groups in it I went for London Blue um mm-hmm. I think no I didn't even go for London Blue not one because her cargo princess was ready to kiss there was her cargo princess there was sailor there was idol college like there were a bunch of groups and See, it... that's that's like really good price to pay for like a concert like that because you've got a lot of different things going on um yes I mean when we went to see Juice Juice it was like 30 pound for a ticket Mm. I think I think it was thirty pounds for a ticket and then sixty pounds for the VIP. Yeah. Um, but I thought thirty pounds was like a really really good price considering they were coming all the way from Japan. Yeah. And See, then mm. I've been to more like like I've been to a lot of like um, rock concerts. Like I remember when I went to go see Yumi at six a few years ago, and they I think that was around about thirty pounds. But it was a really really good show, and they had like um, other groups like the Blackout. Um, they're like an alternative rock band from Wales. Yep. I don't know if they're still together, but they were like a really good warm-up act. So so that was like worth the money. But then you've got like more... And then I went to go see Ellie Golden before she became quite big. I yeah. think she was about £30 as well. She was playing in Middlesbrough. <laughs> she was playing in Middlesbrough. But when, when you're like you know, up and, and coming, you kind of, you do what you can, don't yeah. you? Yeah. But it's like with Bridea coming up, there will be other acts on like opening and such, mm. which makes up for the money more than anything, in my yeah. opinion. Like you're paying for the main group, but you also get to hear music from other groups and you get to meet those other groups potentially. Yeah. And it's awesome. And obviously with most idol gigs and um, Japanese music gigs and whatnot, it doesn't matter what type of Japanese music it is, but you usually get like... On the um, tours around here, at least in England, if you do a VIP, you get a little bit extra. Yeah, you don't get that in Japan actually. So. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, mm. I mean, it, it does depend on like the kind of venue that you go to yeah. in Japan, but also kind of like what type of event it is. Because yeah. when I went to like the Hokago Princess one, that one was for the Chika Idol groups, which were big. Like really well-known ones, the ones that have a really good name in the business who are kind of like on the cusp of major debut, but Mm. don't necessarily want to be major debut. They're still Chica, indie, underground kind of groups, but they are very well-known and they have a very good reputation and a lot of fans. And yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing, though, was like, I'd rather pay a bit more for a live concert than an online stream it's just like the added memories that you can get from going to a live show like you queue up outside you meet new people yeah um, you give each other merch or you do like fan projects and then you're going in it's just like the vibe of being in a venue like I mean mm. I mean I've talked about going to see the Gazette but I remember going in and just like I mean I was one of the first people to go in because I was in the VIP queue but it was just it was really really nice to just go into the venue buy my bit of merch and then just go and have a pint and then just stand in front of the stage and just like chat with people and yeah like have a lot of fun with it and I think that's like the added bonus of being at a concert whereas if I'm paying the same price to just watch the same group perform for an hour and a half yeah. on like zoom or something yeah I can't I, I don't I'm not as too happy paying the same price if that makes sense because it's not you know yeah. but that's just from more of a someone watching the show rather than from the stance of somebody organizing the actual show and organizing like oh this money goes there this money goes there you know what i mean so um yeah you could do that at bride here you knocked over 
hopefully I can get the time off for it. <laughs> yeah, it is worth it. Yeah. Like, because no matter like whoever you see, like you know, in the queue, they'll still leave mm. you that spot, even if you're just going for a drink or drink. Yeah. And yes, going back to like what you said about subject streaming, I remember one time about this time last year, um, but they already announced it beforehand anyway. That Love Bites at the time, they're releasing their Five of a Kind DVD, mm. Blu ray. It had like the bundles like for CD, DVD, CD with DVD and that sort of thing. And about this time last year, they um, did a YouTube live stream and it was like mm. the world premiere. And um, like you're watching it at the same time. And, and the girls were on Zoom at the, at the same time as well. And uh, like, and also released merch for it, for, like, just for that specific time, which I, even though I did not see it, but I've got the DVD anyway, because I already ordered it beforehand. I actually ordered, yeah. I actually got a bit of merch from that too, which was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And also um, later this year, but for September, Bloodstained Child are doing two concerts. One's a live stream without audience, one, well, without, the, without the audience. Then the day after, they're doing a show with audience. Oh, that's good. That's what, it. like the audience in person or watching it? Um, like, like way they did the first two streams that they did, like one last year, one back in March. What they did, and they asked for several volunteers to have their own avatar. Ah. Oh. Yeah, and um, like had like you have to send a picture of your way in what way, um, like and it will be in the like sun as if you were there, right? Because you know, like I sent like um, like the song Freedom, which they uploaded the other day. Mm. Um, at one point, you actually like they go through the sort of ballooned audience, and there's uh, Amanda in it. <laughs> yeah, if you if you and also um, like at the same time, you had an avatar of um Sophia of Season the Ghost in it too. Oh. It's so freaking awesome. Yeah, because I think think the only thing that I've seen like similar to that was um, Hyde was doing some like live stream shows, but as like he's like filmed it as well for his YouTube channel. And like, I don't know how he does it, but he's performing as if he's like in front of people, but it's just like a big massive screen in front of him with like people that have like paid to watch the show, like seeing their camera, like how I see you through your webcams and stuff. Yeah. So that was their all like that was his audience and it was it wasn't exactly the same, but he was performing as if they were actually there, which was quite yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like he went all out, like if he ever went to the UK, like even if he didn't listen to his music, I think he'd put on a really good fucking show. Mm. Yeah. So it's, yeah, because that was pretty good. Um like when I watched Bloodstained Child Live, it was archived for a week at the time, and they're doing mm. like in two streams, one with all, one without audience. That's the third of September, and it's some um, free, and it, this one's free, but uh, on YouTube it'll be archived for about a week or two. Mm-hmm. And then they're doing another stream the day after, and it's paid, and it has got audience as well. Yeah. So I can't wait to see the, if I get time off, watch the actual thing or not. Oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. I'll... I mean, yeah, I'm I'm hoping to go see Bridea. When they come, is there a show on a Wednesday night? It is right. Okay, because if it was a weekend, I could easily come, but I'm gonna have to like book some yeah, time off if I can. Yeah, I've got to book my Thursday off. Yeah, because I need to book because I usually travel down the day before and then travel back the day after, so it'd have to be like three days. I need to book off. Yeah, 
because I've done it because I've, I've I've done it before when I've like finished a day at London and then took like the overnight coach, but I can't sleep on coaches so. Uh, um, yeah, see, I I want to get my Thursday because I can just travel down on a Wednesday and I'll be fine, and then yeah. go home on the Thursday, just get my Thursday booked off, or just spend a day in London for Thursday and then go home. Yeah, I'll spend a little bit of time on in London. Go go down to like Chinatown and get some mm. snacks and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because because the trouble is with me at the minute it's like con season at the moment, so I'm like. I can make money again performing, but at the same time, I've been invited to my friend's christening. Mm. I've then been invited to a wedding next year as maid of honour. So I've got like all these dates in the back of my head. And then my boyfriend, Chris, is like, I want to go to this con. I want to go to that con. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know whether I can go. So it's like, I'm, I mean, I should be okay to book like three days off for like Bridie or so. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah their ticket for VIP so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. VIP's ticket still for so last time I checked so mm. oh that's good yeah, yeah. No, I need to get it sorted because yeah I mean Cause are you are you both getting VIP tickets or I aim to Amanda and Tom want me to go because then all of Beyond Senpai are there yeah yeah and if like you um Jenny and Matt can go we, we get a, need to get around yeah. to all of sales round, ta- round table senpai. Yeah. Because um, how much how much are the VIP tickets? Uh, fifty five, I think. Sixty five. Oh, that's not too bad actually. Fifty five. Yeah. Fifty five. Yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah, that's pretty good. Because I paid sixty pounds for juice juice, and I paid about the same for the Gazette. Mm. So that's that's pretty good. So yeah. Yeah. Should be okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? I've got to go for? Yeah. Uh, flips. I can't think what to say now. <laughs> Oh yeah, because um, I know like oh, I know I've got to Thursday, but I thought I mentioned it now. Um, like when it came to new music, well, when I say music, um, in general, like this one, there's a few that I've. Uh, how should I say? It's not Japanese music, but it's Japanese related. Okay. Um, that's my um. WhatsApp. Thing is that's that's the meanest what, time. That, that was my WhatsApp. Andrew. <laughs> fucking square. <laughs> Get off of social Sorry. media now. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, like um, I made and released a new song yesterday, new yeah. video, Is and that the, um, like, the animated music video. Yeah, the animated yeah. music. And there's one bit that 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 she showed was a samurai um, Eddie. Yeah, I saw yeah. the music video for that yeah. earlier. And um, like there's a song, there's a group that I like. Um, I think I've mentioned them before. They're called Sabaton, and they like to sing about warfare and and all mm. that, like like World mm. That she did a song. Or, like, like I know some people may it may be. Um, let's see what gets. Some people might want might not want to talk about it, and that was um the song was called Nuclear Attack, which is based on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, ah right. Yeah. yeah, and another yeah. one. Um, which was from their second to last album that it did. It was called Shiroyama, which was the last stand of the sa- Japanese samurai against the imperial forces of Japan. Mm. Pretty good. They're both pretty good. Mm. Especially Shiroyama, though. It's so catchy. It's so cool. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything else I really... No. Hmm. Um, I've got yeah. bad, like I've no, got... I mean, I mean, there's been quite a few, like, new music renews, and then there was... I mean, obviously, like, stuff like digital concerts and stuff, I mean, 
they could still happen if things yeah. start opening up. I mean, obviously the UK is opening back up slowly, but surely, fingers crossed, it stays that way and we don't go into yes. another lockdown. But, I mean, in terms of Japan, I think they're still quite strict on stuff happening over there. Yeah. Um, so it would be quite interesting to see how concerts and that end up happening and if like did little concerts still happen but yes. fingers fingers crossed I do hope a lot more Japanese acts do come to the UK to perform um fingers crossed I'm hoping the Gazette come back because I'll be straight there um hopefully fingers crossed I can finally get to see fucking Necronom Idol at some point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually message their manager and be like let me know what date you're performing and if I can't make it, do it to the next week and then I'll be able to come. <laughs> <laughs> do what I say. Yeah. But not what you want. No, I mean, one bit of news that has excited me is Hokago Princess revealed the um, title of their new song. Ooh. It's coming out their new single. Yeah. So um, it's called Silent No Shomei and Mukai Kazo Tsuki Nukuta. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah there's two songs it's a double a side but it's like on cd japan or somewhere else it says um title tracks and coupling songs so there might be more mm. than one coupling song but there's yeah. three versions of it there's type a type b and type c type a is um i think regular edition type b is 10th anniversary edition and then Ooh. type c is limited edition do you think so, they're going to do another version of that Juliet song? <laughs> they did that in the album, so I don't think they can no. really this year. They've already done a 2021 version this year, but it was a 10th anniversary. Well, no, they've done a 10th anniversary version, yeah. so we could no, do think, it. But how many versions of their song is actually out there now? Because I lose track. Because I remember yeah. I used to, like, I mean, I don't listen to Okago Princess as much as you do, Kelly, but I do remember when you used to blog about them. It's like, they're releasing a new version of Juliet. And I'm like, if I had a pound every time they released Juliet, I'd be a rich woman. Okay, so they have Juliet. <laughs> Juliet 2012, Juliet 2013, Juliet 2014, Juliet 2015 version, which is the only one that sounds very different to the other ones because yeah, it was yeah. kind of like an updated version. Then they have Juliet 2017. And then I think they have a 2018 version. Wow. Um. Oh, I think they kind of skipped... Um. They, they have a 2020 pump version, obviously. <laughs> um, they've, got, a headache. <laughs> they've got about six. They've got over five. Because Shinjido... Wow. Um, I mean, they didn't bring any out with Shinjido Princess or Princess Notegi. Yeah. But, yeah, they've they've got a fair few. Could you imagine if Marlon Musume did that the same number of times as Love Machine? <laughs> There'd be more than 21 versions of that. <laughs> There'd be Japanese warfare. Oh god. <laughs> Just imagine it every damn year. Love Machine O one, mm. Love Machine O two. <laughs> Help me Christ. I mean, I think the only song that I can imagine that I'd be happy like reenacted over and over and over again is Gloshi Gloshi Kashi Monogatari. Yeah. Because each verse is about the different members. So if they've got a new member coming and it could be a completely new verse. It's updated, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. See, oh. I am wondering if there's going to be an extra coupling song, and if I would personally love to see the current lineup do Oshieta Kudasai, which Ooh. is obviously the first ever song that Hokago Princess brought out. They brought out Hokago Princess Oshieta Kudasai. It mm. was their debut. 
So that's the song I would really like to see them do again because it yeah. would be nice to see it with this generation in the old costumes. Mm. It would be nostalgic and I don't know. I just I do wonder given that there's a 10th anniversary edition, I do wonder if one of the PVs is going to be like a hail back to yeah. um mm. older stuff or whatever. I do wonder if they'll bring in any older members. I don't know. It's kind of mm. like, I don't want it to be disappointing, but also... Yeah, I think I as, as long as the MV's not a crappy green screen like their last one. Oh, second that's in mystery, I was fine. <laughs> I la- no, I, oh, it I was like... not fine. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, the song was good. I really liked the song and the dance was nice to watch, but I was sat there thinking... You could tell they've gone back to being like more of like an indie company rather than. <laughs> I think I think for the you know. the issue with that one with Shaggy Nuts and Mystery Eye was there probably weren't any appropriate places to film in Japan or if there Maybe. were they were closed down. Because mm. um, Japan has a plethora of places or a plethora of places you can film in. Yeah. Um, but there's a possibility they had a hard time. I mean, for Zessa Cleopatra, for fuck's sake, they did go to a beach. Which is what I expected with Shaka Netsune Mystery Eye. Just take them to a beach. Yeah. I don't know. But I think they did what they could. Because also they yeah. released it during a pandemic. Yeah, that's true. So I, I guess it got... But when you're kind of using green screen properly for the first time, you don't want to do yeah, anything that's like that. True. And it came yeah. out really shoddy. And it was really bad. And yeah, because they have done other music videos where they haven't had to rely on green screen. Yeah. Like, um, which song was it? I can't remember the name, but it was like Mary Antoinette themed. Oh, yeah, Jumpaco Antoinette. That was a really nice music video for that one. Yeah. I mean, I always thought Princess Notegi was like the worst music video they could ever do. And then Shaka Natsune Mystery Eye came out. Now, Princess Notegi does use green screen, but it does not use it all the way through. It no. actually only really uses it for the scenes where the members are in princess costume. And, um, I mean, the whole idea of Princess Notegi is being a normal girl who becomes a princess, or anyone can be a princess, basically. So I guess Uh, the green screen could be used as more as like a dream sequence, so you can tell it's not real. Essentially, yeah, it's it's basically, they're walking around in real life doing just normal stuff, they're just walking around lip-syncing. And then when they go into the green screen stage, they're in their princess costumes, and it's basically they have transformed. So I get it. I get it now as a viewer why they did it that way. And the thing is, the green screens for that are very cute and like they're kind of like those backgrounds you can make yourself. They're adorable. Yeah. And they move about a bit. So it's it's not really it's it's not meant to be too serious. And then Shakanets in Mystery Eye was just a big disappointment. <laughs> so <meant. laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot to mention there was another bit of news the the other week. Um what's that PP group called? Chaos PPs. Chaos PP. They're changing the name of their um group. <laughs> Yeah, and I think they're doing a, a live at some point to kind of yeah. reintroduce the group and new single and stuff. They're going to be called U Plus. <laughs> U That's a lot better for their like YouTube thing. It sounds, but the thing is, it sounds like they're a fucking telemarketing company or an internet broadband <laughs> thing, or like you know, come on to U Plus Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> They sound like cold callers. Hello, we're here at you. Plus, we'd like to ask you about... No, fuck off. Beam. You know what? They can monetize on that, though. And work with, like, no, telemarketing companies. Yeah, I know. That would be... Just have, like, um, Nak- Nakanishi Kanagi stand to go and... Mushy, mushy. You know this. 
I say that to my, me and Pete says it all say it all the time. Every time when when he answers or I answer at Santa, we go moshi moshi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, and also like as you mentioned, like new news I've got. Um, like um, the other on fr- last Friday, um, Fate Gear released their single with video called Battle Against Justice, which is from mm-hmm. their um, um, Sky Prison album, and um, it features um, an ex Bridey member called Mitsuru doing guitars with it. And it's also another thing interesting. It's the last video with the bassist Erica, who, who's oh, now in the English Crown. And um, as soon as the vid- soon as the video came out, um, like um, one thing, um, like Mina in particular, she's like does the Twitter and the Facebook and everything. So that Erica has left, and they replaced her with um, a member called Nino. But I don't know much about her just yet, so I'm getting to know what, what she's more. I just it just clicked to my mind as you mentioned about more news that you've forgotten it just clicked to my mind <laughs> hmm. so i just thought i'd mention that ah, i have no more news though outside the about i, I yeah. think at least i don't fucking know yeah i think that's it for news and stuff really um but yeah i've, I've really really enjoyed this episode it was quite nice to, to talk about different things and stuff and yeah, um, I know like you mentioned about the breaking earlier. Have you watched the video um, America by Ramstein? No. no. Well, you oh, got to listen. You got to listen to it as well as watch the video because I'm, I'm like, because like basically they take the mick out of America. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, like, it's so easy to take the piss yeah, out of America. Um, it's so good. You see, like, um, like oh, something in particular. I think it's, it's someone. I think he's from Korea or Japan, and he's like. Because they're singing English as well as German, and, yes, yeah. And um, like one point, because you've got like other cultures, like a sent, like say one in particular, say an Arab, like who's like bowing to like an oil field, which is, and then <laughs> next thing he's like smoking a, a American cigarette, that's all. And then, and then there's one lyric in particular that says Coca Cola sometimes war. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and also of course also do it in the green screen. They've all got the um, astronaut suits on, except mm. and they're like playing on as if they're playing on the moon. And then at the end, um, that shit is all the green screen, but it's still pretty good. I'll send you a link later. Like, oh, I just thought I'd do it. Yeah, for I'll. I haven't listened to Ramstein in a long time. Listen to Ram if you like Ramstein. Yeah. So I, re- I recommend mm. <laughs> if you watched. Which are great live, trust me. I know Amanda wants to see them next year. <laughs> yeah. So, is there um, any music recommendations that you guys want to, like, whether it's something brand new or something you just enjoyed listening to that you want people to listen to? Um. Well, for me, I it's going to be the TJ or Tone Jaw one. Um, I my contrast, like. I really love that song and I just think yeah. it, it's very catchy it's very cute it's there it be and it's it's just it's so much fun and again I have a lot of good memories of that song listening to it whilst I was in Japan I mean I love it so much and when I found out they were doing another music download card of it I I messaged their um customer service bit and I was like can I pay <laughs> with a foreign credit card oh. um, because they they do it by their website they do everything by their website goods yes. wise um they don't really have many goods that you can purchase and they were like actually we do use an um a foreign kind of card transaction thingy so oh, yes good. you can um they use square i think um they were like just is matt us- running it probably <laughs> <laughs> he is square, isn't he? and 
they have um and they're going to send it to my tent so they've sent it to my tent so actually already oh, so awesome. but yeah it, it was a thousand yen for it. i'll get two songs on it but i'm so looking forward to getting it because you know i mean i love this song and it it's quite an old song actually like mm. and their music card releases are only for like a couple of months yeah. at most so you either have to buy it there and then or just miss out so i'm looking yeah. forward to finally listening to it <laughs> in full um once it gets in my hands i've got another thing that needs to go to my tent so so i am waiting for that and then Is i tent i will... like the middleman yeah it's a proxy service yeah, i yeah. mean I, I use from Japan, I use Baiyi and I use Tent so so far. And um yeah, yeah, that's literally what I use. Yeah, I mean, cause I um last year when I was buying a lot of Hokago Princess CDs <laughs> I I had my tent so I t- it's you buy no Kago princess CDs? Never. I spent the amount of money I spent on those <laughs> CDs. I think combined it was a good four five hundred pounds. Wow. <laughs> this is the shameful thing. This is what lockdown did to me. And, yeah. Um. It is. It is bad. It's like never let it get that bad. I was lucky that I had the means to be able to do that. I did not yeah. do it every single day, but. I did do it for a few months and obviously yeah. it's not just the accumulation of um the buy-in of it it's also the third party fees for Tenso plus the extra shipping fees from Tenso yeah. plus shipping fees from the shop to Tenso plus any consolidation fees I might have had to have racked up with Tenso it was bad and then obviously getting them to come here and look I think at that time our customs had been lifted a little bit but I still got some customs so also customs on top. If, hmm. if if there's any fans out there who say that foreign fans do not put in the money or effort to buy CDs, we fucking do. I'm not putting a lot of money. We do. So many there's so much money that we blow on this sort of shit. But yeah, if you're gonna buy stuff, just make sure you do have the means to do it and the money to do it. I'm lucky I had that means, but also like the CDs did not go to waste. I'm not like those AKB48 fans who would leave them on their doorsteps outside for the garbage men to pick up uh, <laughs> after uh, buying so many that. So Thank You tickets and whatnot. Um, I did manage to give them to friends and stuff. Jenny got one or two. I did. You know, I think you've gave me like, is it two singles you've given me or one? I've given you Zombie Powder as well. Yeah, you gave me that one as well. Yeah, you got the Mica version because you loved Mica yes. and you wanted her version. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I probably got yeah. still two floating around, but yeah, I need to organise all my CDs because I need to get a bookcase for them. Yeah, yeah I don't think I'll go back <laughs> crazy again. I'm hoping I don't go yeah. back. Crazy yeah, I need again. to organise organise my CD rack for Japanese stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I've recently organised mine, so I'm so glad. It's... Yeah, because because I mean I've. I mean, at the minute, I can't afford anything at the minute because I'm in between jobs. But I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was looking at Idle Underworld and I'm like, I want that, I want that, I want that. And I'm like, do I really need it? Do I really need it? Mm. You know, so I've kind of had to discipline myself because when I first started, like, getting money and stuff, like, one of the upsides of being a uni student was I got a bit of extra money from my loans and stuff. And yeah. the UK government won't like to hear me say this, but I did spend quite a, a, a bit of it on Idle stuff. Oh, me, me as a fan, yeah. And you know, because it was, 
I was finally able to like buy stuff online and so I went a bit crazy with it but now I'm a bit more disciplined with it so yeah yeah carry on Kelly no no you go you go Andrew I will stop (laughs) talking for now because I'm (laughs) I'm tired yet I don't shut the fuck up yeah Yeah, my my choices of recommendations today um it's actually three actually yep three and um like um like it's this person in particular she like her nickname is Chucky it's a mixture of Chucky and Saki has named Chucky or Saki she's actually known as um she's in a group called Mary's Blood and she's in other project two other projects which I'll mention in this um this one in particular um like she it came out last November last year and I did a a review with Jay Sound Bites for it, my old project. And it, the album's called and the album's called Amahiru, which is a and she was and she did a pro, project with Fred, used to be the bassist of Dragon Force now, bassist for the German group Creator. And this song is called WTTP and it's so catchy as hell and it's got a great vocalist known as Archie Wilson, which I haven't seen him do stuff since two thousand twelve for a band that I used to follow called Seven Deadly. It's so yeah, like I said, catchy as hell when it comes to the music, and and um, also my other two, what you say, my favourites. This one, it's from Mary's Blood Reverend album, which is called On the Rocks, which is a pretty much a very hard rocking sound, and it's, it has an ACDC vibe to it, and Ooh. it's and it and Eyes vocals just bring so much power into it when you hear it. It's so freaking awesome, and and the other one. In particular, and her other main project that she concentrates on, I know they're getting a lot of buzz right now. And if and if and JP had to reprint this record three times, wow! And and Remco mentioned them in their um, in the Japan panel. That's um, Nemophila. It's a and this song is called um, um, Rato, which is um, also got the single of its own, but it's also on the JPU edition, extended edition. It's just so freaking banging. All of them, Mm. I recommend them for tonight for this episode. So sounds awesome. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't really have an awful lot of recommendations. It's just two songs. One's quite an old one that I've been listening to quite a lot because I had to record singing it. For another project, it was um, Boku Takshi Tataka Wanai by AKB48. Oh, I love that song and the music video. It's probably one of my favorite all time AKB music videos because it was just, it's so freaking good. Mm. And I, I think they have lightsabers in it, I think. <laughs> so that's just, so you have to watch it now because of that. But yeah, it's, it's a really nice song. It's, it's, it's a very empowering song. Whenever I listen to it, I always feel like I can do this. So and then the other one, apocalyptic. yeah. But I like that kind of stuff though. And then my second one is a song that I mentioned earlier in the episode, and it's "Shaka Shaka Love" by Angela Moon. That was a good music video. Yeah. Don't know how I feel about the new version of "Shaka Shaka," but I'm not keen on "Shaka Shaka to Love" anyway. So. Mm. But yeah, yeah, that, that's that's been my my little recommendations. Apart from that, I've just been listening to what I usually listen to. So yeah, those are my music recommendations. So oh, yeah. Oh wow! Is that another episode that we've gotten through somehow, everyone? We've passed the two-hour mark. 
Jesus Christ, it's happened. <laughs> We're it. and, and to be honest, it was a fairly easy go through today, actually. Yeah. I mean, I do have to say, like, I was kind of shitting myself because I was thinking there's only three of us on. And I'm thinking I don't really know what to talk about because <laughs> apart it. from apart from news stuff, I didn't really know what else to really talk about. Mm. But it was quite a nice discussion of different things, so <laughs> sorry, I'm so tired. I it's don't fine. mean to yawn. You're not boring, I swear. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm definitely not bored today because Andrew did not have cider change. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking God. But 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 Andrew. I have a question. What's that? Are you still a Man U fan? Yes. You're fired. Okay, I'm off. Bye. I need to redo that. But yes, you are the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> now, ugh, get off of my pocket now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, for anyone listening, we are going to start a GoFundMe to help Andrew <laughs> with his issue. Which one? All of them. Mostly the money <laughs> one. And the cider one. If you want to help Andrew to stop his addiction with cider and manu, please donate. Three pounds a month to donate stop three pounds a month to the cider addict fund. And help Andrew with his problem. Look at the sweat dribbling down his chin at the thought of not having cider for a week. <laughs> Stopandrew.org <laughs> Oh, Andrew's the next one to bully because Matt's not here. I know, where the fuck is it? I'm used to it. (laughs) I mean, I did see Matt today. I saw him with his gimp in all his glory and and we had a punch-up, so he left a lot of... Did you want to scuff his neck and ask him when he's coming back? I did. Yeah, he's coming back soon. He was whinging whinging more or less about the lack of round tables in my pub. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're all squares, just like his head. Oh, so he he was he was just not fond of that, but he he said we should all go into my pub and do a podcast. Oh, that'd be good. So he's 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 sort like a square. He's like your tables, wooden and wooden and hollow on an all fours, and everyone likes to chuck a drink at it. Yeah, so it's nice and sticky for after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What? When you spill beer, it's sticky. <laughs> That's what I'm so true. Well, Are you being dirty, Kelly? Yes. I was thinking about it, he was a bit sticky today. So is his gimp. Was it sticky to you? <laughs> I, don't know that one I is. think Kelly would have like punched them both out before they even touched her. I, I should have. Yeah, I really should have. I just, mm. I just thought he, I didn't recognise him till he was like right up near me, and I was like, oh, fuck. And he was like, the mask should have given it away. The tattoo should have given it away because he's wearing yeah. an NFC um, mask. Oh. Um, so I just had to put that one in, Kelly. <laughs> no, that was good. Is that why you had the bag pulled behind the bar? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean. I feel cursed now having Matt in my pub. <laughs> he knows where I work. Help! Oh God! Right, you need, well, you need you need to hire new security. 
There's already ghosts in the bloody place. I don't need the spirit of Matt in there next. No. <laughs> she already puts willies up with Tanabir, so... No. <laughs> the other way around. Oh, God. No, this has been fun. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. This is the end of another episode of Water of the Round Table. I am your host, Jenny. And if you want to follow me on my social medias, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and Twitch under the handle Jenny Hayes Idol. And if you're in the London area in the last weekend of July, come to London Anime and Game of you fucking fuck squares. Because I'm performing. As well as the amazing season of Ghosts. Yeah. Get to London, you fucking squares. Or I'll send Matt and his gimp to punch you and to turn you into his next gimp. Because this one was looking a little worse for wear. I think Bob might be his next gimp now. (laughs) I'm scared he's going to make me his next gimp because he knows where I work. (laughs) Okay, um, yeah, Andrew here. Um, Follow follow me on on Twitter, which is... um, um, Follow me on Twitter, it's... um, Andrew underscore WOTR. If you're a fan of the Japanese music experience, I'll help on their Discord, which is um, a Japanese music experience. And also, um, like, if you've got Facebook and love Brideer, um, go on to um, like, add, add, invite, um, add yourself to the um, Brideer Fans International group. So that's my um, socials. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I have been kept. <laughs> Me and Jenny are just doing a yeah, middle just... finger wall. I'm just um, you in. <laughs> yeah, quick. Um, I have been the ever so sleepy Kelly, and um, you can find me at it's Kelly time now on Twitter. You can also find me at LFC on Twitter. Um, don't follow the England team; they lost the fucking cunts. If it was Liverpool, they would have won. Because England are fucking squares. No, our team did really fucking well. They did an amazing job. And the amount of abuse that they are getting from the fucking twats of the internet is really fucking unfair. They did an amazing job. They got so fucking far. And I don't even follow football, but they did an incredible job. And, you know, they did all that they could. And... To get this far, to go against Italy, and I know Italy are a good team as well. All of the teams are great. Yes. But we have pride in England, and, you know, a lot of people are happy with how far they got, which is an amazing thing. But, yeah, follow um, the official England football team on Twitter and at LFC. Don't forget to block Man U official (laughs) on Twitter. And um, But if you like Man U, feel free to follow Andrew. And follow Middlesbrough FC. I wouldn't recommend and it. Follow Margate FC too. Do not recommend. I do recommend, however, LFC. Thank you. And also follow the losers at- football club. <laughs> and please follow Beyond Senpai on Twitter and on Facebook. You can follow them at Beyond underscore Senpai here on Twitter or there on Twitter, everywhere on Twitter. And you can also follow them on Facebook and get updated by various members of the community on yeah, Japanese music fun. and culture. So, yeah, follow us, you fuckwads. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching another episode of Water of the Round Table. 
My drink is empty. I've drank two bottles. It's not enough. I've drunk four cans of um, Morgan's. I ate my chocolate. Mm. I really so so that's the sign of the end of our episode I hope you guys enjoyed it again if you want to follow us on our Twitter it is is it Roundtable Water on Twitter and we also have our Discord so Mm. if you want to come along and join our Discord you can Yay! I'm never on there (laughs) I know we need to revive it so don't be a square. Follow our Discord. I need, I need to revive a fucking Twitter, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but I can barely revive myself, so... Yeah. So. Oh, God, no. Thank you very much, everyone. Yep. Bye-bye. 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 Matt, come back, you fuck. Liverpool, they're a football club steeped in history of spine-tingling glory and, at times, truly heartbreaking tragedy. But when you are part of Liverpool Football Club, you'll never walk alone. Actually, speaking of Yorkshire, (laughs) apparently the Yorkshire accent has been voted the most trustworthy accent in the UK. (laughs) I think we need a translator for that. (laughs) off. (laughs) Translate that one. Yeah. Oh, she said she disagrees. That's what she said, Andrew. No, I can, I can don't speak put some words in my mouth. <laughs> like Matt puts dicks in his mouth. <laughs> Okie dokie. God sake, you've broken us. I've tickled Kelly like Watana Bear tickled Matt's tonsils yeah. with his hairy balls. I think I've <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you remember that? <laughs> she got me snorted. <laughs> I'm keeping that forever now. Time for tubby bye-bye. Time for tubby bye-bye. Time for tubby bye-bye.